Yankee Baseball time. Yankee Baseball is brought to you by the Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealers. Atlantic keeps your car on the go with the gasoline and service that makes your car feel young again. And by Peel Brothers of Brooklyn, New York, who say thank you very much for trying our Peel's real draft beer. Now, in just a moment, Jerry, Phil, and Frank with the ball game. This is Frank Messer welcoming you to New York Yankee Baseball. Jerry Coleman and I are on hand here at Six Stadium in Seattle, Washington, to bring you all the action in this second game of a three-game series between the Yankees and the Seattle Pilots. And again, we have a beautiful evening for baseball. The skies have been clear and sunny all day out here in Seattle, Washington. The temperature just a few minutes ago was 70 degrees as it again today reached close to the 80-degree mark here in the Pacific Northwest. So we're expecting a good night. Mel Stottlemyre, a, dra- a great drawing card out here, will be pitching for the Yankees, and Gary Bell will be on the mound for the Seattle Pilots. And this should be one of the larger crowds of the season here in Seattle, with Mel Stottlemyre, the big attraction, a native of this part of the country. And the big news tonight, a brand-new Yankee lineup. Quite a few revisions on Ralph Houck's lineup card, and we'll be back with the lineups in just a moment. For hundreds of years, fine china has been prized for its delicate translucent beauty and its regal splendor. Now Atlantic brings you fine china from across the sea at a fantastically low price. It's called Royal Elegance, and it captures the charm and grace of expensive fine china. A four-piece place setting of royal elegance can now be yours at an exceptionally low price from participating Atlantic dealers with your purchase of eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states. Each four-piece place setting consists of a cup, saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate. You can charge your place settings and accessory pieces of royal elegance on your Atlantic Richfield credit card. You'll be proud to display royal elegance to your guests on special occasions, but you'll also enjoy royal elegance every day because it's delicate in appearance only. Royal elegance takes steady wear and repeated soakings in your dishwasher, but still keeps its regal bearing. Start your collection of royal elegance at your participating Atlantic station. Royal elegance will make your table fit for a king. Thank you, lineup, and to give you the lineup and talk about those changes, here is Jerry Coleman. Jerry? Okay, Frank Messer, manager Ralph Houck reached into his grab bag and switched the Yankee lineup around, although using the same faces. We'll give it to you right now as the umpires come out of the dugout. Manager Ralph Houck trailing along. Manager Joe Schultz of the Seattle Pilots coming to home plate. The starting lineup for the Yankees, as it reads tonight, Horace Clark at second base, leading off. Jerry Kenny has been switched from center field to third base, and he's batting second. Bobby Mercer makes the switch from third to right field, and Bobby stays in the number three spot. Roy White in left field, batting cleanup. Joe Pepitone at first base, hitting fifth. Jimmy Hall moves from right field. He's playing center field tonight and batting sixth. Tommy Tresh at shortstop, batting seventh. Jake Gibbs behind the plate tonight, having recovered from that severe bruise on his left thigh, is back in the lineup. He'll hit eight. 
And Mel Stottlemyre, as Frank Messer told you, will be pitching and batting ninth. For the Seattle Pilots, Tommy Harper at second base leads the majors in stolen bases with 18. He's leading off. Mike Egan in right field, batting second. Tommy Davis, who drove in four last night, is in left field this evening, batting third. Don Mincher back in the lineup. He rested last night. He's at first base and batting cleanup. Wayne Comer will be in center field, batting fifth. At third base and hitting sixth, Rich Rollins. Jerry McNertney, the catcher, batting seventh. Ray Euler at shortstop, hitting eighth. And Gary Bell, the veteran right-hander, pitching and batting ninth. The umpires, John Rice, behind the plate, Larry Getz at first. Make that Russ gets at first. Larry Knapp at second. Bill Kunkel at third. Now with the field bacon right now, nobody on at this moment. Let's pause for station identification. Hi, this is Jerry Ducey. Join me for my telephone talk show weeknights on WGY Schenectady. Seattle Pilots take the field, and the fans here, a huge crowd, just about packing this small ballpark. I think they can fit about 20 or 23 in here when it's completed. There are still areas in the bleachers in right field and in center field that haven't been completely finished. But right now, the fans here at Six Stadium on their feet, and momentarily, our national anthem. Shortstop for the Seattle Pilots, Ray Euler, went at it. Eventually, Euler and Mercer were ejected on a play at second base, and manager Ralph Houck also kicked out. That was in the third inning of last night's ball game. Seattle won that game last night by a score of 8-4, to four, and they got seven of the eight runs in the first inning. Gary Bell is warming up. Right now, let's take a look at the scores in the American and the National League. Boston at Oakland, they're scoreless after one and a half. White Sox leading the Tigers one to nothing after six. Washington at California, no scores yet there. Cleveland eight, Kansas City three. They're playing the ninth. Baltimore two, Minnesota one. Minnesota batting in the bottom of the eighth. In the National League this afternoon, the Braves beat the Mets four to three. That was tonight, I'm informed. We kind of forget the time up here. It's three hours split between the West Coast and the East Coast. Another night action this evening in the National League. Houston 10, Montreal 3. They're playing the ninth inning. L.A. at St. Louis postponed because of rain. Cincinnati beat Philadelphia 6-4. to four. San Francisco 10, the Pirates 8. They're playing the ninth. And listen to this. 
the White Sox beats, or rather, the Chicago Cubs beat the San Diego Padres 19 to nothing. Hmm. Ernie Banks had a couple of home runs. Oliver had one, and Young also had one for the Cubs. So we're ready to go here. Horace Clark stepping in, and now let's go back to Frank Messer for the play-by-play. -play. Thank you very much, Jerry. Horace is hitting 269 as he stands in there left-handed against the right-hander Gary Bell. The first pitch of the ball game is low. Ball one, and this game is underway. The Seattle Pilots riding the crest of a four-game win streak, their longest of the season. Yankees trying to snap a five-game losing streak. The wind-up in the pitch. Strike call, letter high, got the outside part of the plate. Gary Bell, 32-year-old right-hander, originally signed into pro ball in the Cleveland organization. Looks down to Jerry McNerty, picks up a sign, rocks back on the left foot, kicks and throws. Clark takes ball two, two and one. In case you went out with us last night, this compact ballpark measures 320 down the right field line, 305 feet down the left field line, 345 to the power alleys in right center and left center, and to straightaway center field, the sign says 405 feet. Rather cozy park. The pitch to Clark. Get up in the air into straightaway center. Moving forward is Wayne Comer. He is under it, and the center fielder puts it away, one down. Now the batter will be Jerry Kenny. Kenny is hitting 218. Had a couple of base hits last night, and tonight finds himself for the first time at third base. A little game you might play along with us. Uh, think about it now. Give it to you in just a second. You might want to test your memory a little bit. The lined up by Gary Bell. First of all, the pitch to Kenny inside. Corner is picked up for a call strike. In the starting lineup tonight, the Yankees, when they take the field, will have six men who have played third base for the Yankees. I'm going to try to pick those out. Five of them may be fairly obvious. Pitch to Kenny. Bounced foul down the first baseline, and it's strike two. Elston Howard flags down the ball. Defensively, the Pilots have Tommy Davis in left field tonight, Wayne Comer in center, and Mike Hegan in right. Rich Rollins at third, Ray Oiler at shortstop, Tommy Harper at second base, and Don Mincher at first. Jerry McNurtney, again the catcher, and Gary Bell on the mound. Bell winds, kicks, and throws, and Kenny takes just downstairs. Looked like it had the plate, but must have been just below his knees. We look almost directly down on home plate from our vantage point here. And it's hard to tell the balls that are up and down. You can see them across the plate pretty well. There's a line drive to left field. It's going to fall in for a base hit for Kenny. Tommy Davis comes up with it. Jerry Kenny, a big turnaround first, now comes back to the bag as Tommy Davis fires into water, and the Yankees have the first hit of the ball game as Kenny lined it solidly to the left side. It brings up Bobby Mercer. Listen to the crowd. Listen to it. getting quite a reaction. Mercer went two for two before being thrown out last night for the fight with Ray Oiler. Mercer is now hitting 313, nine home runs. He leads the majors and runs better in with 32. Left-hand hitter takes outside ball one. 
Mercer, playing in right field tonight, is playing the outfield for the first time in his professional career. Deep still thinking about those six third basemen? Bill Kane, our statistician, gave me a little knowing grin. He knows. Think about it. We'll tell you who they are in a few minutes. Over the first base, Kenny back safely. Think about it in the bottom half of the inning because it won't become official until then, until Kenny actually takes position at third. Mincher holding against the speedy Kenny. The pitch to Mercer. He takes a swinging bot and misses. Mercer moved up about two or three steps that time, had squared off in bunk fashion, and then uh, swung at the pitch. A swinging bunt strike, one and one on Bobby. Mercer last night hit his ninth home run of the year, and he hit it well up into the right field bleachers. Those right field seats are pretty well filled tonight. There goes Kenny. The pitch is swung out and missed. The throw to second, not nearly in time. Kenny is in there easily. Stolen base for Jerry Kenny, his eighth of the year, and the club leadership. Pitch was down low. Mercer swung on the pitch to protect the runner. It's one ball and two strikes. And McNurtney's throw was not nearly in time to get Kenny a second. Gary Bell had his biggest year in the majors in 1959 when he won 16 and lost 11 for the Cleveland Indians. He deals. Mercer swings. There's a long fly ball to right field. This one is going. It is gone, did he? Number 10 for Bobby Mercer, way up in the right field seats. 18 rows deep, they tell us, on the PA. And the Yankees lead 2 to nothing. Number 10 for Mercer is 33rd and 34th runs butted in. Jerry, that's the best way in the world to retaliate from those knockdown pitches. I think Bobby may move to Seattle. He's 3 for 3 up here, two home runs and a single. And, of course, he has been red hot for the Yankees. I believe he had uh, seven RBIs on this trip going into tonight's ballgame, and that extends it to nine. And retains the American League and Major League leadership with 34 now. All right, here is Roy White, the left fielder. Roy takes a strike over the outside corner. Roy is hitting 264 as he steps in. Roy has had two home runs this year, 12 runs batted in. Bell deals. White runs up to butt, takes the bat away from a high pitch, and the count is even one and one. John Rice, the plate umpire. Russ gets it first. Larry Knapp at second. Bill Kunkel at third. The umpires really had their hands full last night with all the action on the field other than baseball action. 1-1 pitch to White. Low, ball two. Two balls and one strike. Mercer was saying in the hotel this afternoon that uh, the fight is, uh, well, it's not forgotten, but uh, the hard feelings are, but he said... Wait till I get to that tonight. Well, he did it. White takes ball three outside. It's three and one. Frank, there's a strong evidence that there are many other people in the news media waiting for something to happen. The upper deck here loaded with cameramen. Three one pitch to Roy White. He takes a low ball. Four White is on. So the Yankees. 
here in the first inning have scored two runs and a single by Kenny, a homer by Mercer. They now have White at first with one out and Joe Pepitone moving in. Pepe went, uh, is batting 241 as he comes into this game. Pepe went hitless last night in four bats. He draws quite a reaction from the crowd. Mincher holding against White at first. The pitch to Pepitone. Swung on and missed. Strike one. Pepitone was way out in front of that one. The outfield is sort of bunched against Pepitone. The left fielder Davis gives up the left field foul line. Comer straight away in center and out in right field. Hegan is deep and not tucked around toward the corner. He's playing over toward right center. So the outfield bunch sort of up the middle. The infield the same way. The unbalanced appearance. Mincher holding at first. Pepitone takes low. Ball one. One ball, one strike. Umpire wants the ball. Bell fires it in. Strange thing about the battle last night, Jerry, at second base. I am told by several players, and Mercer agrees. I didn't have a chance to talk to Euler, but with about 30 players on top of the two of them on the ground, they're apologizing to each other. Bobby said, I was sorry, and Euler said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. Bobby said, well, I feel the same way, and Euler said, well, for goodness sake, when you get off of me, here goes White. Pepitone fouls the ball up in the air behind the plate. Coming back for it, McNerton, has a play on it, makes the catch, and throws the first, but not in time. Roy White broke with a pitch and then raced back to first base as Pepitone fouled out to McNerty. But just picture that out there at second base. Now, you're the two combatants. You're on the ground with uh, about 30 ball players on top of you. Oiler wants to throw back to second base now, claiming White went around the bag, and White is out. He did not touch second on the way back. The Pilots make the appeal play at second, and Roy White is declared out for having rounded the bag and not touching second on his way back to first, which he must do. So it goes as a double play with White. Out at second base on the Seattle Pilots' appeal. The Yankees get two runs on two hits. There were no errors, nobody left. At the end of one half inning of play, the score, the Yankees two and the Pilots coming to bat. Atlantic Imperial is made to give your car all the power it needs for normal, high-speed driving. But sometimes your car runs into adverse driving conditions. Heavy traffic, long idling periods, stop-and-go traffic, sudden stops. A gasoline blended to help your car combat these tough driving conditions is this same high-powered Atlantic Imperial. Atlantic Imperial is made for the toughest driving conditions, high-speed and stop-and-go traffic. So you could say, Atlantic Imperial is just your speed. Next time you fill up, fill up with a gasoline that pays off from zero to 60. Atlantic Imperial, a product of Atlantic Richfield Company. Forget the Yankees return Friday night to the stadium against the California Angels, followed by a Ladies' Day Saturday afternoon game, and then a Sunday doubleheader. A big weekend coming up. Midweek, 
the following week, it's Tuesday night and Wednesday night against the Oakland A's, and then following that, another big weekend with the Minnesota Twins, Friday night, Saturday, a Sunday doubleheader capped off by Ball Day on May the 25th, all against the Twins. Frank? All right, Jerry Stottlemyre to Tommy Harper. First pitch low and outside, ball one. The play on white, if you want to score, goes 2-1-6. Catcher to pitcher to shortstop. Harper right-hand hitter. Bunts at the ball and fouls it. One ball and one strike. Harper coming into this game, hitting 308. He had three hits last night. He and uh, Mike Egan are tied for the Seattle Pilots team leadership in batting, both of them hitting 308. Harper has also stolen 18 bases, tops in the major leagues. He had one last night. Stottlemyre's pitch to him, fastball swung on and missed. One ball and two strikes to Tommy Harper. Yankees with Roy White in left field, Jimmy Hall in Sutter, and Bobby Mercer in right, Jerry Kenny at third base, Thresh at short, Clark at second, Pepitone at first. Jake Gibbs back in the lineup for the first time since last Friday night doing the catching. Stottlemyre winds and deals. Harper swings and misses strike three. So there's one out as Stottlemyre fans Harper. And the batter will be the right fielder, Mike Keegan. Like Harper, Keegan is hitting 308. He's a left-hand batter. The coaches, Frank Crosetti at third base, Ron Plaza, former infielder at second base. Kenny in on the grass against the left hand hitting Hegan. And the pitch, low ball one. Jerry Kenny in his first game at third base. How about those six Yankees that have played third? We get a little break right here. Why? We'll tell you who they are. Quite an oddity when you think of it. Pitch is low and outside. Egan steps back. Mel Stottlebyer, with a record of five and two, has quite a delegation from his, well, the two towns that claim him, Madton and Grandview from over in the valley. There's a fastball down low, and he's behind 3-0 and to Mike Egan. Among those here in the ballpark tonight, Mel's mother and dad, they were also here last night for a reunion with their son. Had a picture in the paper out here. I don't know whether it was carried around the country or not, but it may have been in the New York papers of Mel posing with his mom and dad here at the ballpark. 3-0 pitch to Hegan. He takes strike one, 3-1. Keegan last night went 0 for 4. Stottlemyre to the windup, 3-1 pitch. Swung on and fouled back. Full count now, 3-2 and two on Mike Keegan. Tommy Davis on deck. Talking about Yankees who have played third base. Now, uh, Kenny tonight, of course, Mercer. I'm sure you remember Roy White has played third. Sure, you remember Horace Clark has played third base. And you remember Tommy Tresh has played third base. Now, those are five. Stottlemyre deals 3 2 pitch. Hegan bounces it down the first baseline, and now it's foul before it gets to the bag. 
The sixth Yankee in the lineup tonight who has played third base for the Yankees is Jake Gibbs. In fact, he played third base before he ever caught. Can't hardly blame you if you don't remember it. I think Jake played only one or two innings at third. But he did play there. In minor leagues, Jake played everywhere except pitch and center field. He didn't play center. Played all around the infield, left and right fields. 3-2 pitch again to Hegan with one out. Bounce down the first baseline. This one is fair. Pepitone has it, makes the race himself, and retires Hegan unassisted. So there are two down, and Tommy Davis will come up. Tommy Davis, batting 191. He was a big man last night. Davis knocked in four runs last night. A bases loaded double his first time up. He had another double later in the ball game to drive in another. Right-hand hitter. Swings and misses, strike one. Two-time National League batting champion Tommy Davis has never since been the ball player that he was before he suffered a broken ankle. Chokes slightly on the bat, takes over the blow, and the count is even one and one. First time Mel Stottlemyre has ever pitched professionally in his home state. He gets a strike over the outside corner, and it's one and two on Tommy Davis. Mel won his first five starts this year. Since then, he has lost his last two decisions. Both games, incidentally, were one-run decisions. Two to one and three to two. Davis fouls one off to the left side. Meyer leads the Yankee staff and wins with five in starts, complete games, innings pitched, and he's pitched the Yankees' low-hit game of the year, a one-hitter against the Tigers. He shut him out 4 nothing. Pitch to Davis. Bounce down the first baseline. Foul. Just foul. Pepitone got to the ball. Count holes one and two. says this has to be a big thrill pitching in his home state and this close to his hometown. Wines and deals one and two to Davis. Struck him. Nope, he fouled it. Just fouled. two pitch coming to Tommy Davis. Here it is. Drilled out towards center field. Moving to his left is Jimmy Hall and makes the catch on the run in the gap in right center. So the side is retired. Three up, three down. Nothing across for the pilots. And at the end of one full inning, it's New York two and Seattle nothing. Students, today's students, as loyal cigarette smokers, let's discuss certain little drawbacks we all have to face. For instance, 
Of course, cigarette smoking causes lung cancer and heart disease. The doctors don't have to keep harping on that. We all know that. And we all know that cigarettes aren't the only troublemakers either. <laughs> For example, I know a man who broke his back merely bending over to tie a shoelace. But do you hear the doctors telling us to give up wearing shoes? Of course not. And they go on and on about how cigarettes cause shortness of breath, putting an added burden on the heart. Well, I say the heart was put there to work, and it had just better get to work or get out. Now then, let's all light up and enjoy a good smoke. For more on cigarette smoking... Call your American Cancer Society. Two quick scores for you. The Senators who have let yet to win on the West Coast. They're 0-6 on this trip out here to the far west. Are leading California one to nothing after one on the home run by Mike Epstein. And Carew has hit a two-run shot in the eighth inning to put the twins ahead of the Orioles three to two. Baltimore batting top of the ninth. Frank? All right, Jerry, and here is Jimmy Hall to lead off the second. Hall is batting 250. Left hand hitter, staring out at Gary Bell. But run right hander winds and deals, and he's outside, ball one. Jimmy Hall in last night's ball game went one for four, scored a run. Rollins in close at third at the edge of the grass. Bell winds, 1-0 pitch. Outside again. Gary Bell does not want Jimmy Hall to pull. Trying to work the outside corner, making it to left field or up the middle. Fresh on deck, then Jake Gibbs. Yankees leading 2-0 on Mercer's first inning homer. The pitch. Lined out into left field, Tommy Davis. Right there, makes the catch. So Hall is retired. One down and Fresh steps in. Fresh is hitting 189. Tommy had two hits last night, a double and a single. He went two for four. He's staying with his new batting stance. Choked up a bit on the handle. Nope, he's down at the end of the handle right now as he moves in there. Slightly closed stance. He bunts one to the first base side of the mound. Picked up by Bell. He's got to hurry. He's got him in a close play at first base. Fresh out by a half a step. Bell to Mincher. Two down and Jake Gibbs the batter. Gibbs is hitting 219. His first action since being roughed up at the plate by Bert Campanaris down in Oakland last Friday night. Jake suffered spike wounds on both legs, but more serious, he had a rather deep-seated bruise on the left thigh that prevented him getting down in the catcher's crouch behind the plate. Bell delivers to him. Jake takes inside at the knees, ball one. Rollins plays Gibbs, as he did Hall, fairly close and wide of the line at third, right at the edge of the grass. Here's the pitch. Low. Two balls and no strikes. Dick Hauser coaching at third for the Yankees. Alston Howard coaching over at first. Folks still coming into this ballpark. They've filled the stands up pretty well. It's 
still some room out in the bleachers. There's the windup and the 2-0 pitch. Ball three. They tell me this has a chance to be the biggest crowd of the year here at Seattle. The battle on the field last night, plus Stottlemyre pitching. 3-0 pitch. Gibbs takes ball four and he's on on four pitches. Plus, of course, the fact that the Seattle Pilots have won their last four ball games. And great weather, just unbelievable weather out here. Everybody's talking about it. I didn't know what to expect myself. But the natives out here say that they just can't remember a stretch in May where the weather has been so good for so many days in a row. Mel Stottlemyre moves in on the plate. Mel has four hits in 21 trips, batting 190. The pitch to him. He takes high, ball one. Right now, Gary Bell cannot find the strength group. Yankees lead 2-0. Two outs here in the second. Mincher holding against Gibbs at first base. Stottlemyre right down on the end of the bat handle, waving it back and forth. Feet spread in the batter's box. Bell sets and deals. Mel swings. There's a fly ball. Well, it's a left field. Back goes the left fielder Davis on the warning track, and he makes the catch. Right at the fence, about the 340-foot mark. The Stottlemyre hits the ball well, but Davis pulls it in for the third out. For the Yankees, no runs, no hits. There were no errors. A walk and a man left at the end of one and a half. The score is New York 2 and Seattle nothing. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Take a look at today's words of wisdom, which say, show me a man who's a naval aviator, and I'll show you a man who's really fun. Now, what exactly do we mean by that? Yeah, what do we mean by that? We mean that you college graduates have a great opportunity to become a naval aviator and choose the type of aircraft you wish to fly. The Navy's Aviation Officer Candidate Program allows you to earn your commission in just 16 short weeks. And that's a whole lot better than 16 long weeks. Contact your nearest Naval Air Station or Naval Air Reserve Training Unit today. Join the Space Age Jerry Coleman will go to the bottom half of the second inning with Mincher, Comer, and Rollins coming on for the Seattle Pilots. He's talking to uh, Leonard Coppett, the very able columnist and writer for the New York Times before the ball game tonight. And Lenny sprang this one on me. He said that he thought it was very unusual, and I have to agree that there are seven men in the Yankee lineup tonight who have played three different positions for the Yankees. Now there's one to think about as we keep talking about this revamped lineup. Stottlemyre ready to pitch to the left-hand hitting Don Mincher. And Mincher hits one on the ground up the middle. Clark backhands it behind second but will have no play. Clark knocked the ball down but had no play. It's a base hit for Mincher. And for Mincher, his 24th hit of the year as he came in batting 232. On New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. 
Harry Downey asking you to join me weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. here on WGY 810 on your dials, connected. The batter is Wayne Comer, right-hand hitting center fielder. Comer batting 254. He went over three last night, but walked twice and scored both times he was on. He takes the fastball in there for a call strike one. Pepitone holding against Mincher at first. Clark shaded well to his right toward the bag at second. Tresh also playing more or less up the middle. Jerry Kenny a couple of steps behind the bag and wide at third. Pitches down low to Comer in the count evens. One ball, one strike. Roy White at deep left field. Jimmy Hall just about straight away in center. Bobby Mercer is the short man in right field. The pitch to Comer. Foul over the heads of the cameraman on the roof to our right that Jerry was talking about a few minutes ago. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That we can count right there. Plus, there's another contingent down here to our left. Still cameramen and movie cameramen. Jerry, you know they, they've got to be hoping for a repeat of last night. We may have 25,000 boxing fans here tonight, Frank. One-two pitch to Comer. Bounce slowly to Kenny. His first chance at third. He throws to second for one. Back to first, not in time. Mincher barreled into Clark at second. Forced a bad throw from Horace. He got it to Pepitone on one hop. So Kenny handled his first play at third base in good fashion, Jerry, as he snapped a quick throw to Clark at second. That first one's a tough one, Frank. I know that uh, Kenny is very happy to have it out of the way. I'm sure that Bobby Mercer will be looking forward to his first shot. Once you get that in your hip pocket, you feel a lot better. One out as Mincher has been forced at second. Comer on at first, and Rich Rollins, the third baseman, steps in. Rollins is hitting 218. Right hand batter. Rollins last night went 0 for 2. Make it 0 for 3. He goes for the pitch and misses. Strike one. Pepitone continues to hold against the base runner. Now Comer at first base. The Yankees leading 2 to nothing. In case you weren't with us, Mercer did it in the first inning. He did his thing with Kenny on. Check swing and a ball is outside of Rollins. One ball, one strike. Speaking of Yankees at various positions, Clark has played second base, third base, and shortstop for the Yankees. Kenny, as of tonight, has played third base, shortstop, and center field. One-one pitch coming down to Rollins. Here it is. Low outside. Nice save by Gibbs. Mercer now has played right field, third base, and shortstop. Roy White has played left field, center field, and third base. Pepitone has played first base, center field, and right field. 2-1 pitch to Rich Rollins. Comer at first. Fouls it off the end of the bat, rolling over toward the Yankee dugout. Jimmy Hall has played the three outfield positions. 
left, center, and right in his brief tenure with the Yankees. Tommy Tresh has played shortstop, third base, and left field. So there are seven Yankees in the lineup tonight that have played three different positions for the Yankees. Two-two pitch will be coming down to Rollins. Here it is. Bounce foul to the left side this time. One out, Comer at first. Sun is down, but it's still daylight out here in Seattle. Pink clouds, we can see off to the left. We cannot see Mount Rainier tonight. Bit of a haze in the air, and that beautiful majestic mountain that towers over this area, some 14,000 feet high. Not visible this evening. 2-2 pitch. High, ball three. Full count now on Rollins, three and two. Comer looks over to Crosetti, and so does Rollins. Of course, Rollins has to do what he can up there with a 3-2 count, but he wants to know whether the runner will be going or not. We'll know in a moment. Stottlemyre rubs on the baseball. Left hand on the left knee. Ball behind the right hip, looking down. Brings his hands together just below the letters. Comer goes. The pitch is hit up in the air to left field. Right was deep. He has to come in. Still coming. He's under it now. Makes the catch. Throws over toward first base. And it is not in time. Comer got back. Two down. And the catcher, Jerry McNurtney, steps in. Fernandez just about got into it last night. Fernandez barreling in at the plate trying to score from second. Was out by old 10 feet or so. Fernandez just stuck his shoulder down, tried to knock the ball loose, which is the play in baseball, Jerry, and uh, McNerney took a bit of exception to it. I think if we had not had the Donnie Brook out at second earlier, nothing would have been said on that play, or nothing, no action. Now, you see that quite frequently in the major leagues. Uh, the catcher, of course, has to be ready for that particular type play. First pitch to McNurtney, right-hand batter. He takes it across strike one. McNurtney is hitting 286. No balls and one strike. Comer at first. Two away. Stottled by a deals. There's a bouncer to the right side. It may go through. Clark's got it back on the grass. Lobs a throw to Pepitone. Not in time. Clark tried to make an off-balance throw as he went back in the right field grass to come up with that ground ball. Just looped it up in the air. I think, Jerry, that's all he could do with him, and he didn't want to take time to set himself. He just, uh, all in one motion, fielded it and sort of pushed it to Pepitone. But on the lob throw, McNerney beat it out for the base hit. Brook with Bobby Mercer last night steps in. Water, right hand batter, the shortstop. With runners at first and second and two down. Kenny backs up at third against the right hand hitting order. Water struck out his only time up last night. 
Takes a ball of high. Horner is batting 191. He's never been noted for his hitting ability, but he's a smooth fielding shortstop. Chokes up on the batting board. Bats out of a slight crouch. Knees bent. Bent at the waist. Here's the pitch. Bounced foul down the third base side. Yankees leading two to nothing. We're in the bottom half of the second. Two on and two gone for the Pilots. Yankee dugout now waving Bobby Mercer more toward center field and back a few steps. Frank, this is a tough spot for the manager because he's got two men in two brand new spots and he's got to stay on top of them throughout the entire ball game for play situations and locations as to where to play. One one pitch, foul back. Homer at second got a big break to a third, then and stopped. One ball and two strikes to Orland. Bobby Mercer will have to keep an eye on the dugout, too, to be sure that he doesn't miss a sign from there. Homer takes his lead and has his back almost toward third. He's looking back toward Clark. Backs off another couple of steps. The set by Stottlemyre. The one-two pitch coming to Ray Euler. Here it is. Bounced out to the mound. Stottlemyre's up with it. And it's a foul ball now. Stottlemyre through to first base. Plate umpire John Rice says no. It's a foul ball off his leg. Walking around down at the plate. Must have been his left leg. He's favoring it just a bit. So the count holds one ball, two strikes. Comer at second. McNertney at first. Bobby Mercer will have to keep an eye on the dugout, too, to be sure that he doesn't miss a sign from there. takes his lead and has his back almost toward third. He's looking back toward Clark. Backs off another couple of steps. The set by Stottlemyre. The one-two pitch coming to Ray Euler. Here it is. Bounced out to the mound. Stottlemyre's up with it. And it's a foul ball now. Stottlemyre through to first base. Plate umpire John Rice says no. It's a foul ball off his leg. Walking around down at the plate. Must have been his left leg. He's favoring it just a bit. So the count holds one ball, two strikes. Comer at second. McNertney at first. Yankees leading 2 nothing. Bottlemeyer toes. The rubber looks down to Jake Gibbs. Has the sign. Brings his hands together below the letters. And the pitch. Ground ball left side. Kenny in front of Trash is up with it. Fires to Pepitone in time. And the side is retired. Jerry Kenny going deep to his left. Got in front of Trash to field that ball and fired out Euler. 
And for the Seattle Pilots, no runs, two hits, no Yankee errors, two men left. And at the end of two, the score, the Yankees two and the Pilots nothing. There's something fine going on at all participating Atlantic stations, and the response has been just great. We mean the fine china that participating Atlantic dealers now have available. Royal Elegance. Silver-trimmed edge, clear bell tone, Royal Elegance will do wonders for any table setting. This is fine china that you'll be proud to serve your guests or even use for everyday use for your family. It's rugged enough to take heavy use, and its attractive pattern will bring out many compliments from guests on special occasions. Each four-piece place setting of cup, saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate is yours at an exceptionally low price from participating Atlantic dealers with a purchase of eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states. You can even charge your Royal Elegance Fine China on your Atlantic Richfield credit card. Fine China at a very low price. It's yours at participating Atlantic stations. Stop in today. Well, Frank Messer, we've got a final score in that will relate rather strongly to the Eastern and Western divisions in the American League and uh, who leads them. Minnesota beat Baltimore 4-2. to The winning pitcher for the Twins, Boswell, the loser for the Orioles, Cuellar. Carew's home run in the eighth inning put the Twins over the top. Now, Boston leads open 2 to nothing after three and a half, and should Boston win that one, they'll tie the Orioles and Minnesota will have the Western Division lead all to themselves. The way this time goes on. All right, Jerry, and here's Horace Clark as we go to the third inning. Horace Clark, the center, is first time up, takes a pitch inside, ball one. Kenny on deck. Then Mercer. Rollins in on the grass at third, the pitch. Missed outside. Two balls and no strikes to Horace Clark. I'll tell you the truth. That Hegan in right field is almost over in center field against Clark. They bunched the outfield tight to the left. If Horace had, could pull one to right field, he'd get a triple easy. He tries to, but fouls it. Two balls, one strike. Even in this short ballpark, the way Hegan is playing, if Clark pulled one down the line, Jerry, I'd have to think he could go for three. A lot of room down there. He can almost into right center field. The windup in the 2-1 pitch. Lined out toward left center. Coming on forward is Comer, and he drops the ball. Clark stops at first base. We'll see how they score that when Comer picked it up quickly, threw into second. It's a base hit. He tried a shoestring catch, got the glove down, had the ball in his glove, but couldn't hold on to it. And Horace Clark gets a base hit on a line drive to center. Hit number three for the Yankees. That would have been a sensational catch. Throw to first base by Bell. Clark is back. Comer came up with one of those, as I recall, last night. He made a fine catch out there. Mincher tried to decoy Clark. He fainted with the ball back to the pitcher. But Clark was not fooled. Here's Kenny. He had a single to left his first time up, and he was on when Mercer homered. The pitch to him. Strike called. They play Kenny just as they did Clark. Hegan, well, Hegan is back toward right field about three or four steps. But he's well over in right center. 
Egan was almost in center field against Clark. Kenny feet close in the batter's box. Swings in this one. Cohen Hopper back to Bell. He throws to Hopper for one. Back to first. Double play. And that's going to bring up a beat. Oh, Elston Howard and Jerry Kenny hopping on. Russ gets the first base umpire on that call. Ralph Houck is up on the dugout steps. He's undecided whether to go out or not, but he will not go out. Mighty close play at first base and gets said Kenny was out. It's a double play. Pitcher to Harper to Mitcher. And Elston Howard still carrying on the argument just a little bit with Mr. Getz as Bobby Mercer steps in. Mercer Homer in the first inning. For Bobby Mercer, his 10th of the year. He takes a strike. waves the bat back and forth, back and forth. Bell winds and deals. Mercer swings and misses with a big rip, put himself all the way around strike two. Yankees are leading two to nothing, top half of the third. Egan about as deep as he can get in right field. The wind up the pitch. Low outside. One ball and two strikes. One-two pitch to Mercer. Swung on a missed strike three. Another big cut. And Mercer is out on strikes. For the Yankees, no runs of base hit. There were no errors. And nobody left. At the end of two and a half, the score is New York 2, Seattle nothing. Your Atlantic dealer is bringing you fine china from across the sea. Elegant, delicate, beautiful. China you'll be proud to display on your table. But the big, big news is this. This excitingly beautiful china is yours for a fantastically low price. Lower than you'd believe possible. Now, through an exclusive offer at participating Atlantic theaters, you can purchase a four-piece place setting of fine china at an exceptionally low price with each eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states. Each four-piece place setting consists of a cup, saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate. We call this fine china royal elegance. Each delicate piece captures the beauty and good taste of sets that sell for many, many times the price. Accessory pieces to complete your fine china set can also be purchased at your participating Atlantic dealer for an amazing low price. And if you'd like to charge your Royal Elegance dishes on your Atlantic Richfield credit card, we'll be our guest. Start collecting your sets of fine china today. Royal Elegance is worth going after. Well, we've got a big crowd here at Six Stadium in Seattle, Washington. We've got some big days coming up at Yankee Stadium. May 25th, ball day. June the 15th, bat day. Why not get a group together and come out to the ballpark? Just get in touch with the group sales department, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, and they'll take care of your needs, whether it's a group of five or a group of 500. Good advice, Jerry. Gary Bell, the leadoff batter for Seattle, checks his swing and takes ball one. Gary Bell has had a couple of hits this year. He's 2 for 11, batting 182. He's knocked in two runs with a single and a double. Right-hand hitter, the 1-0 pitch. Check swing, and it's low. Ball two. No sinker coming in just a little bit too low. 
2-0 pitch. Low again, ball three. Stottlemyre had the plate, but downstairs. A lot of uh, moving around in the stands, whether it's from folks still coming in or those who have been to concession stand, we don't know. 3-0 pitch, Bell steps back, takes it all the way, 3-1. Some beer drinkers out here in the stands, huh? See some of those big cups. Mm-hmm. Stottlemyre, 3-1 pitch. Bell takes, ball four, down low. So Bell is on with the leadoff walk. The first base on balls given up by Stottlemyre. Bell has struck out one, allowed two base hits. The Yankees are leading 2-0 in the ball game, and the batter will be Tommy Harper. Stottlemyre didn't want to walk uh, Bell, but you think about the way this Harper can run on the bases, maybe it's not too bad an idea to have somebody out in front of him in case he gets on. He has 18 stolen bases. He's become quite a favorite with the fans here in Seattle. And that's something the way base stealers are always crowd pleasers. People like to see that action on the bases. Stottlemyre's pitch to him. Strike knee high of the outside corner. one strike. Bell shortly at first, Puppetone holding the pitch. Harper swings and misses strike two. Stottlemyre fanned Harper leading off the first inning. The Washingtonians have turned out en masse tonight to see their native son, Mel Stottlemyre. Mel toes the rubber. Leans for Gibbs' sign. Checks Bell at first with a look. And the pitch to Harper. Outside. Bill Kane has uh, come up with a note. There are four players on American League rosters who were born in the state of Washington. And all four were originally signed by the Yankees. Two pitch coming to Harper. Strike three swinging. He tried to check the swing and plate umpire John Rice held up until he got a sign from third base umpire Bill Kunkel. So Harper is out on strikes for the second time. The second strikeout for Stottlemyre. One down and Mike Hegan will be the batter. I think that Gibbs might have swallowed his chore or something. He's standing out there uh, in midway between the plate and the mound and sort of spitting on the ground. And Gibbs does chew a little bit. Sometimes it'll happen to you. All right, Jerry, we'll keep an eye down there. Talking about uh, four players from the state of Washington, Gibbs uh, was looking down at his hand, too, his right hand. He... Well, I think I gave us some false information. It does appear to be his hand now. Uh, he was spitting on the ground there, and I thought maybe he'd swallowed something. But apparently it's uh, Joe Sorry's, as I have the glasses on it, is going after that index finger. Looks like he might have got a little split finger when he caught the ball. It'll happen occasionally if you get your uh, finger in front of the glove too quickly. 
Well, that seems to be the problem now. As we've got the glasses on, they're putting a Band-Aid on that index finger of his right hand. Jerry, we were talking about the uh, four players from the state of Washington on uh, American League uh, rosters. Fernandez is coming out now to keep Stottlemyre one. Uh, of course, there's Mel Stottlemyre, Jim Olam, pitcher with the Twins, Roger Repos, an outfielder with the California Angels, and Steve Whitaker, an outfielder with the Seattle Ball Club. The only four players on American League rosters from the state of Washington. Keegan. Gibbs is okay now after Sawyer's worked on the index finger of his right hand. Pepitone will not hold now against Bell. He's going to back off with the left hand hitting Keegan up there. Pepitone will play halfway. Trash and Clark up the middle. Kenny wide and close up there. The outfield to the right. The pitch low to Keegan. Ball one. Egan grounded out unassisted to Pepitone right down the line in the first inning. So that has a bearing on the way Joe's playing him now. He'd rather give Bell, the pitcher, an extra step lead there at first base and be in position for that ground ball should it come his way. Bell deals and Egan fouls it back. One ball, one strike. the hands of the set and the pitch to Hegan. Foul back overhead. The four players we mentioned a moment ago from the state of Washington were all signed to contracts by Yankee scout Eddie Taylor in this uh, area. And the scout, Jerry tells me, since 1959 for the Yankees. Stottlemyre was asked at the luncheon in his honor yesterday why he chose the Yankees. The questioner said, I presume you had other offers, and Mel said, you presume wrong. One-two pitch. Bounce to the right side. Clark charging. You only one play. He's got to hurry. There, he's got it at first base in the close play. Bell moves up as Clark throws out Hegan. Two down, and Tommy Davis will step in. Yes, Mel said that, uh, as he referred to him, Mr. Taylor was the only scout that ever made it across the mountains to the valley where he was living. I'm told it's a beautiful valley over there. They raised cherries and apples. Not too many miles from here. All right, Tommy Davis. Glide to Hall in right center his first time up. Takes a fastball on away. One ball and no strikes. Bell at second. The Yankees leading two to nothing in the ball game here in the bottom half of the third inning. Stottlemyre bends for Gibbs' sign. Kenny is backed off at third. There's the set and the 1-0 pitch. Rifle foul down the left side.
When they get this uh, ballpark finished, or get the, when I say finished, this park has been here a long time. When they get it, uh, get the improvements finished, they tell me they'll be able to seat about 28,500. They cannot seat that many now. And Jerry, the seats that there are are pretty well filled. We see some spaces out there in the bleachers, but not too many. I don't know what their biggest crowd of the year was, but I think it was just over 14,000 or somewhere in that vicinity, and we could surpass that tonight. We'll have to wait and see. 1-1 one, one pitch will be coming to Tommy Davis. Bell at second, two outs. Here it is, foul back. One ball and two strikes. Stottlemyre was asked how he felt about pitching in a comparatively small ballpark, and he said it doesn't uh, particularly bother him. He said uh, we've got as many chances to score a lot of runs as the other club. For example, Fenway Park didn't bother him that much. He figured he might give up a few more than normal, but Yankees should score a few more. Right now, it's 2 to nothing. Yankees, the 1-2 pitch to Tommy Davis. Bounce slowly toward Kenny at third. He's got it. Fires to Pepitone in time, and the side is retired. And Jerry Kenny over there at third base has made another play. No runs, no hits, no errors. A walk a man left. At the end of three, the score, the Yankees two and the Pilots nothing. And the scoreboard shows the Yankees two runs, three hits, no errors. The Pilots no runs, two hits, and no errors. Elsewhere, at the end of four and a half innings, Boston leads Oakland two to one. Nagy pitching for the Red Sox and Nash for Oakland. At Detroit, at the end of six and a half, the White Sox won and the Tigers nothing. That game uh, has been delayed because of rain. At the end of four innings, Washington won California nothing. Barry Moore against Andy Messersmith. Senators, after having quite a winning streak going, have now lost six in a row. Mike Epstein homered for the only run in that ballgame, his fifth of the year. Cleveland at Kansas City, the Indians won at 8-6. to six. Ellsworth, the winner, Rooker, the loser. Horton, a pair of home runs for the Indians. Hernandez for Kansas City. And Minnesota beat Baltimore 4-2 in the Twin Cities with Boswell, the winner, and Cuellar, the loser. Carew homered to win it. Atlanta shaded the Mets 4-3. 10-3 Houston over Montreal. Dodgers and Cardinals rained out. Cincinnati beat Philadelphia 6-4. San Francisco 11 Pittsburgh 8. And Chicago 19, San Diego nothing. We go to the fourth. And going right along with it, here's Jerry Coleman. Jerry? All right, Frank. Roy White is stepping in there and takes a curve ball on the outside corner. Strike one, and the fourth inning is underway with the Yankees leading two to nothing. Virtue of Bobby Mercer's tenth home run on the first inning. A two-run shot with Jerry Kenny aboard. Here's Gary Bell once again to Roy White. Swings and misses. Strike two. White walked in the first inning. Roy coming into the ball game, batting at 264. Defense straight away, infield and outfield. Gary Bell ready, the right-hander. Slips one outside to Roy White. A ball and two strikes. White has lost four ball games so far due to military, military duty, and he'll lose a couple of weeks coming up in the not-too-far-distant future. The 1-2 pitch to Roy is just outside. Bell thought he had a 2-2. Two and two. White has 24 hits in 91 at-bats, 
Five of those doubles, two home runs, and 12 RBIs, and seven stolen bases. White choking way up in the bat from the left side. A good six inches off the end. Here's the 2-2 pitch. It's a check swing foul on the left side. Dick Hauser, the third base coach for the Yankees, over there to retrieve it. Elston Howard does the job at first base for New York. Just got an official recording on the largest crowd ever so far this year here at Six Stadium. Fight hits one on the ground to the first baseman, Don Mincher. Flips the bell just in time as White slides into first base, but he's out of there. Play going three to one. First base to the pitcher covering. The top crowd so far this year was an opening day, 15,014. It appears as though we have a packed house here tonight. Although in the bleachers, it's pretty hard to tell because there are just uh, seats without uh, actual partitions between each seat sort of boards and you can squeeze together much closer than they are out there tonight if you want to. Here is Joe Pepitone. Foul to the catcher into that unusual double play. Pepe takes outside, ball one. Pepitone popped up to the catcher. Roy White went past second base and did not touch the bag coming back and on an appeal play was out. But the double play went 2-1-6. Joe Pepitone takes low for two balls and no strikes. Seattle has made a couple of double plays tonight, one in the first and again in the third. But the Yankees out in front, 2 nothing. One down right now, we're in the fourth. Puffy on top of the plate. Holds the bat straight up and down, waits. Gary Bell delivers. Pepitone hits one high in the air behind the shortstop. Ray Euler is going back. Now the left fielder, Tommy Davis, coming in and calling him off and makes the play. Two down. Let's pause right now for station identification. Harry Downey reminding you I could call you for Upside Downies here on WGY 10 on your dial, Schenectady. Jimmy Hall moving in to fly to left field in the second inning, facing the right-handed veteran, Gary Bell. Bell acquired in the expansion draft from the Boston Red Sox, goes into the windup. The pitch to Hall is outside. One ball, no strikes. Word just in, Reggie Jackson has hit his 11th for the Oakland A's, and they now lead. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, they do lead the Boston Red Sox 3-2 to two after 5. Hall takes a curveball inside. Two balls, no strikes. Yankees play again tomorrow night, and then an all-night flight into New York, off day on Thursday, and at the stadium Friday evening against the California Angels. Jimmy Hall playing center field tonight, waiting. Pitch by Bell, misses outside for 3-0. Three, no. three balls, no strikes. On deck, Tommy Tresh. Gary Bell looking in at the pilot dugout. He has a sign into the windup. Here's the 3-0 pitch to Hall, and he takes it for a strike. Three and one. The game started tonight. 70 degrees. And as 
Frank told you, one of the unusual streaks of fine weather in early May here in the Pacific Northwest. It's been beautiful the last two days. The 3-1 pitch to Hall. Up the middle of base hit, a sizzler over the glove of Gary Bell, the pitcher. Jimmy Hall comes up with a base hit. That's number four for the Yankees, a two-out single in the fourth inning. Now Tommy Trash, who attempted to bunt for a base hit in the second and was thrown out by the pitcher, moves in. Trash hitting 189 as the game got underway. Tommy had a couple of base hits last night. Had a rough go of it as far as the hitting is concerned. Down near the end of the bat again, he swings and misses. Strike one. Tresh went way up off the end of the bat, three or four inches, but now, with each passing day, seems to be creeping back to his old habits. Tresh, actually, I would say, is not more than a half inch off the end of the bat right now. All moving off first, the pitch to Tommy out in front as he swings and misses. Strike two. Nothing into the count. Yankees out in front, 2 nothing, fourth inning. He just tuned in. Mercer hit his 10th in the first inning. What a job Bobby Mercer has done for the Yankees so far. He is headed toward a spot in the American League All-Star team this year. Let's see how he can miss the way he's going. Leads the American League in RBIs with 34 right now. Here's the pitch by Gary Bell to Trash. It's outside. A ball and two strikes. Tommy with 18 base hits and 96 at-bats. Two doubles, two triples. Got one of those doubles last night. And six RBIs. Tom waits. There goes Hall. A ball hit on the ground. To the right side. Nice stop by Harper. Nobody can he get as Hall heads into third base and Tresh has himself an infield single. Tommy Harper moved far to knock the ball down. Tommy Tresh has a scratch single. Over to third base goes Jimmy Hall. That's hit number five off Gary Bell. Two out, and here's Jake Gibbs, who walked in the second. Yankees with runners at first and third. And now Jerry McNurtney, the catcher, up to have a word with his pitcher, Gary Bell. You could see Harper moving after the ball and catching up to it, but when he knocked it down, he ran right by it. Best he could do was to stop it. I say, Jerry, Jimmy Hall was traveling pretty well going around those bases from first to third, too. He uh, turned it on. Hall has deceptive speed. He started as a center fielder with the Minnesota Twins, but he's been able to move around with pretty good speed through most of his career. Here's Gibbs, who takes high and outside for ball one. Jake Gibbs batting at 219 as the game got underway. Action, back in action after that... Uh, collision in Oakland with Campy Campaneras. Widespread stance. Waiting from the left side. Here's the 1-0 pitch. It's outside. Two balls, no strikes. Well, uh, Jerry Gibbs has uh, quite a sense of humor. He has a the deep south sense of humor. Talking to him about the positions he played, and I asked Jake if he ever played the outfield in the major league game. He said, No, but, uh, I've been trying to go out to pasture for a couple of years, but Ralph won't let me. Catching gets to be a long afternoon, and in particular on those double headers. 
All right, Jake waits. Here's a pitch by Bell. He misses outside for 3-0. and oh. Just keep the record straight. Jake was kidding. It was just his, uh, his sense of humor. He said he really enjoyed catching. He wasn't so sure about it at first, but since he started catching, he really enjoys that position. And one of the reasons he enjoys it is because he's developed into one of the American League's best from a fine defensive receiver. Gary Bell is taking a lot of time out there. So on the rubber, now steps off. Three balls, no strikes, two outs. Tresh at first, Hall at third. Gibbs at the plate. On deck, the pitcher, Mel Stottlemyre. Not a bad hitter. Here's the pitch to Jake. He takes it low in there. Loaded up. Second walk to Jake Gibbs and number three off Gary Bell. Gibbs down to first. Tresh to second. Hall holds to third. And here's Mel Stottlemyre who lined deep to left field in the second inning. Stottlemyre with a chance to help his own cause. The Yankees are leading two to nothing, but with two outs, the bases are loaded here in the fourth. Bell will take his windup. The first pitch by the right-hander to Stottlemyre is low and inside for a ball. Ball at third base. Tommy Tresh at second. Gibbs at first. One ball, no strikes to Mel Stottlemyre as John O'Donohue starts to warm up in the Seattle Pilot bullpen. O'Donohue, a left-hander. Here's Bell, ready. The 1-0 pitch. Misses outside, 2-0. You can see why the Yankees will see so many left-hand pitchers, as many as the other team can throw at them, because in tonight's lineup, only one batter bats from the right side. That's Mel Stottlemyre. Here's Sal Magley heading out to visit with Gary Bell. Magley, the pitching coach, the barber, known by so many New York fans. He's one of the few ball players in history who played for all three New York ball clubs, Yankees, Dodgers, and the Giants. Of course, got his greatest fame as a New York Giant pitcher. So Magley says what he has to say to Gary Bell. Gary Bell's been around this, I think, his 11th year. Not much you can say to a pro like this except uh, settle down, get the ball over, make this pitcher hit you. The 2-0 pitch to Stottlemyre on the ground, a one-hopper to Rich Rollins at third base. The force is on Tresh, and the side is retired. For the Yankees, no runs on two hits, three men left. The score after three and a half, Yankees lead the Seattle Pilots two to nothing. Hi, this is Greg Morris for Vista. Volunteers in service to America. You know, we're a lot like our Mission Impossible force. They're constantly running into problems. But unlike Mission Impossible, the Vista volunteer can't solve his problem in 60 minutes of time. Like the people on our show, he needs patience, understanding, and dedication. But he needs even more. Because his job isn't glamorous. It isn't publicized. It isn't financially rewarding. It's just satisfying. It involves helping people help themselves to break the poverty cycle. And when you've helped people regain their pride and dignity, you've really done a year's work. That's what Vista's all about. Hard work, low pay, and some dedicated people. Find out if you're right for Vista. Find out if Vista's right for you. Vista. Drop us a card. That's V-I-S-T-A, Box A, Washington, D.C. 
V-I-S-T-A, Box A, Washington, D.C. Well, we have just a moment here. Stottlemyre completes his warm-up throws, and I'll use that moment to remind everybody, well, primarily moms and dads right now, because I imagine the youngsters, most of them tucked away. Mom and Dad, remember, it's a big day for the youngsters. Sunday, May 25th at Yankee Stadium because that will be ball day. Every boy and girl, 14 years of age and under, accompanied by an adult, will receive a free baseball, courtesy of the Yankees. And uh, you get two games for the price of one there, too. The Minnesota Twins in for a doubleheader. So we'll see all the youngsters on ball day, Sunday, May 25th at the stadium. Right now, Frank, it's Mel Stottlemyre going up against Don Mincher, Wayne Comer, and Rich Rollins. Moving into the bottom of the fourth inning, Yankees leading the Pilots 2 to nothing. Stottlemyre's first pitch to Mincher. He attempts to bunt and misses strike one. That's something you don't see this big guy do too often. Mincher had a scratch single the second in the second inning. He's one for one. Don came into the ballgame batting at 232. Seven home runs, 17 RBIs. He came up there, Jerry, and saw that double outfield. The Yankees have thrown up. <laughs> Trash and Clark way back there. All right, Stottlemyre to Mincher. Takes it low. One and one. This big guy. This was in 10th inning on Sunday. Hit a home run to win the ball game for the Pilots against the Senators. Six to five. Mincher waiting. Stottlemyre ready. The 1-1 delivery is low. Two balls and a strike. It's nice to see, Jerry, that a fellow like Don Mincher apparently has recovered from a rather serious beating uh, he took last year early in the season. Sometimes uh, ballplayers never get over those things, as we all know. Others just bounce back as though nothing ever happened. The 2-1 pitch by Mel is low and inside. Took a little off his curveball for 3-1. The Pilots are trying to win their fifth straight. And the Yankees are trying to stop a five-game slide. They've lost five in a row. They won their first one against California, but they lost the next one at Anaheim, three in Oakland, and the one last night. Here's the 3-1 pitch. Mincher hits it on the ground. Clark to his left. Knocks it down. Can he recover? Not in time. Don Mincher gets a second infield hit to Horace Clark. A leadoff single in the bottom of the fourth inning. Clark stopped the ball, moving to his left, but he was moving so rapidly that as he knocked the ball down, he just kept going by it. By the time he recovered to get to it, Mincher was on at first base with a second infield hit. That's hit number three off Stottlemyre. Now here's Wayne Comer. Hit into a forced play on the second inning. Right-hand batter. Fired from the Detroit Tigers. Batting at 254 right now. Three homers, 11 RBIs. Well, is not too big but he can reach the seats. For those of you who may have just tuned in, the power alleys in right and left center, only 345 here at Sixth Stadium in Seattle. Stottlemyre to Comer. Slider misses outside for a ball. The stadium, Sick, S-I-C-K, named after Emil Sick, who was a longtime owner of the minor league Seattle Rainiers. I believe he owned a brewery here. Rainer Beer, local brewery on the West Coast. There's a check swing called strike. 
One ball and one strike. Said you told me how they named the stadium, Jerry. I thought the pitchers got together and named it. I can understand why. They'd call it a sick ballpark in the... Uh, <laughs> There's a little levity going here because of the short fences. Here's the 1-1 delivery. Fouled up. One ball, two strikes. Jim Bowden, the ex-Yankee, came up with a great one the other day. He said that uh, manager Joe Schultz won't even let the pitchers watch the other team take batting practice because it upsets them so. Just doesn't want them to see what happens in batting practice. Now, if you watch Pepitone in batting practice, he hit four in a row deep into the tiers in right field. This ballpark also is only a one-tier stadium. We're on the roof, and that's all there is to the second level. Just the press box. No seats up here. One ball, two strikes. Nobody out. Minshew at first. Yanks leading 2-0. Stottlemyre fires, and Comer hits one high in the air into short left. Going back is Trash coming on his white right, calling for the ball, makes the play. One away. And now the third baseman, Rich Rollins, who flied to left field in the second inning, comes in. Rollins began his big league career in 1962 with the Minnesota Twins. Stayed with them through last year and now with the Seattle Pilots. Had a couple of big years, 298 and 307 in his first two major league years. Then tailed off to 249, 245, 245, 214. Right now, Rollins is batting at 218. Hits one on the ground into right field. Almost got Mincher heading around towards second. And Don stops at second base, but then goes on to third as the ball is bobbled by Bobby Mercer. And I believe Mercer will be charged with an error. Strange play. Mincher was almost hit by the ball, leaped over it. Stopped at second base, and when Mercer bobbled the ball, kicked off to his left, Mincher continued on to third. That was a hit and an error. Hit for Rollins, error, charge to Mercer. Runners at first and third. One down, and the batter coming on now is the catcher, Jerry McCartney, who had an infield single in the second inning. That's hit number four of Stottlemyre, and the only hit that got out of the infield. Four infield hits, all to Horace Clark. Well, he's been a busy man, running back and forth, knocking him down, and unable to pick him up in time to throw the batters out. But Rollins finally gets one into the outfield. The runners are at first and third. Yankees are leading two to nothing. We're in the last of the fourth, and here is Jerry McNertney. McNertney came into the ballgame batting 286. Got 17 base hits now and 57 at bats. There's a delay here. Something apparently happening at third base in a conversation between Frank Sassetti and Don Mitchell. Now everything is okay, as whatever Frank had to say has been said. Ron Plaza coaches at first base for the pilots. Minchin at third. Rollins at first. There's a ground ball just fouled on the left side past Jerry Kenny. Strike one. Pepitone is holding against Rollins. Kenny is back at third. Fresh and Clark at short and second. Double play depth. And as we mentioned, Pepitone holding against Rollins. This is the toughest spot that Stottlemyre has been in in the ballgame. One down. The runners are first and third. McNurtney, a right-hand hitter, waits. Here's the pitch by Mel. Hit to left field. That could be it. Way back there. 
Connor A. Puts the pilots out in front by a score of three to two. And that is McMurtney's first home run of the year. RBI's 11, 12, and 13. That went over the 345 mark by about 10 feet. Roy White standing at the fence trying to climb it. Couldn't do anything about it and just watched it sail away. So the Pilots take the lead here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Three to two. A three-run shot by Jerry McNerney. His first home run of the year. Now here's Ray Euler, the shortstop, who bounced the third in the second. Well, Euler backs away from a high and tight fastball, ball one. Fans here after last night getting on Stottlemyre just a wee bit. That's what uh, precipitated the riot last night. And Pat knocked Mercer down, and Mercer barreled into Euler, and everything broke loose. Here's the 1-0 pitch by Mel to Euler. In there, 1-1. One one. I asked Mel Sotomayor if he was a little bit tense with his family here and all the friends from Grandview and Matson, and he said, well, he would be before the game started, as he was at that time, but he said, once I throw the first pitch, it's absolutely out of my mind. Fastball misses outside the Euler. Two balls and a strike. Pilots countering with three here in the fourth lead, three to two. The 2-1 pitch, bunted by Euler down the first base side foul. I think Stottlemyre is nervous with his family here, uh, Jerry. How about Jay Gibbs? I think his Army first sergeant is here tonight. Don't make anybody nervous in or out of the service. Those Army first sergeants wonderful people, but they're tough on the young recruits. The 2-2 pitch to Euler by Stottlemyre. Misses high for a full count. Mel is zipping right along into the fourth inning. An infield single by Mincher, single by Rollins, and a home run by McNerty. And the Pilots have taken the lead 3-2. Both teams have five base hits. Mel fires a 3-2 pitch fouled off the shin guard of Jake Gibbs. It's 3-2 as it holds. Totally dark out here now. Just turned that way about 20 minutes ago. The land of the midnight sun when you get up this north, this far north. The 3-2 pitch, Euler, hit on the fist of the shortstop. Tommy Trash, he waits for it, makes the play. Two out. Now Gary Bell, a pitcher who walked in the third inning, stepping in. All the hits have come by Mincher, McNurtney, and the other stray, the single by Rollins. Mincher has two, McNurtney has two. Five off Stottlemyre thus far. Here's Gary Bell waiting as Mel. Misses outside for ball one. Gary Bell has two hits in 11 at-bats, batting at 182. Mel again fires low and misses. Two balls and no strikes. Stottlemyre won his first five ball games and then dropped his last two. Has a record of five and two right now. And no record against the Seattle Pilots, this being his first outing against this ball club ever. Mel with a major league mark of 82 and 61. 
Bell waits as Stottlemyre fires, and Gary swings and misses. Two balls and a strike. Gary Bell's been around a long time, as we told you, and he's won 120 and lost 114. His record against the Yankees' lifetime is 12 and 13. One and three so far this year. Bell takes high. Three balls and one strike. Two outs. Three runs in. Pilots leading the Yankees three to two. Last of the fourth. Big crowd on hand. Looks to be a capacity house. Mel Reddy, the 3-1 pitch on the way to Bell. He misses for ball four, and Stottlemyre, strangely enough, has walked only two batters. Both times it's been Gary Bell has two hits in 11 at-bats, batting at 182. Mel again fires low and misses two balls and no strikes. Stottlemyre won his first five ball games and then dropped his last two. Has a record of five and two right now. And no record against the Seattle Pilots as being his first outing against this ball club ever. Mel with a major league mark of 82 and 61. Bell waits as Stottlemyre fires and Gary swings and misses. Two balls and a strike. Gary Bell's been around a long time, as we told you, and he's won 120 and lost 114. His record against the Yankees' lifetime is 12 and 13. One and three so far this year. Bell takes high. Three balls and one strike. Two outs. Three runs in. Pilots leading the Yankees three to two. Last of the fourth. Big crowd on hand. Looks to be a capacity house. Mel Reddy, the 3-1 pitch on the way to Bell. He misses for ball four, and Stottlemyre, strangely enough, has walked only two batters. Both times it's been Gary Bell in the third and again on the fourth. Mel has struck out a pair, and the man coming to the plate right now is the guy he got twice in the first and the third innings, Tommy Harper. Harper leads the major leagues in stolen bases with 18. Now Gibbs is out talking to Stottlemyre as Mel trying to regain the composure that he seems to have at all times and suddenly lost when he walked Gary Bell. Tommy Harper, uniform number 21, playing second base for the Pilots. Two down at first base, Gary Bell. Mel Stottlemyre and the Yankees trailing by a run, 3-2. to two. The first pitch by Mel, one hopper back to Stottlemyre. He has it. Walks over to Pepitone, fires to Joe in time, and the side is retired. Mel took about three steps toward Pepitone before throwing the ball. For the Pilots, three runs on three base hits, one Yankee error, one man left. The score after four innings of play, Pilots three and the Yankees two. bedside computer is helping to save the lives of people suffering from shock. The development of the shock cart was made possible by grant support from the NIH National Heart Institute. This device enables physicians to get important medical data needed for the proper treatment of patients in various stages of shock. A serious hindrance to the successful treatment of such patients has been the excessive time needed to convert raw data on blood pressure and other factors into meaningful information. The new bedside computer gives this information easily in a matter of minutes. 
Physicians at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York City have used the shock cart with more than 100 patients, and they report that the system provided rapid assessment of the type and severity of shock in these patients, as well as a check on the patient's responses to treatment. Bringing the results of research into practice is supported by the National Institutes of Health. Yankee batting order, Horace Clark, followed by Jerry Kenny and Bobby Mercer, coming on to face Gary Bell. Pilots leading the Yankees 3-2 as we go into the fifth. Both starting pitchers, Bell and Stottlemyre, still in there. The first pitch by Bell to Clark, hit into center field, way back there, moving on it, and under it is Wayne Comer, reaching up, he's got it for the first out. One pitch, one down here in the fifth for the Yankees. Clark is one for three now as Jerry Kenny moves in. Kenny singled the left, stole second, but didn't have to worry about getting home when Mercer popped his tenth of the year into the right field seats. Home runs accounting for all the scoring. A two-run shot by the Yankees' Bobby Mercer, a three-run shot by the pilot's Jerry McNerdney. Kenny and his other at-bat bounce into a double play. Bunts this one to Bell on the mound. Fires to Mincher, two down. Two pitches, two outs. The ball was bunted too hard and right to Gary Bell. Play going 1-3, pitcher to first. Now here's Bobby Mercer. Hit the two-run homer in the first inning, struck out in the third. After that skirmish last night, you can hear the fans getting on Bobby just a little bit. Two down, nobody on. Bell into the windup. The pitch to Mercer is outside for a ball. Third baseman Rollins in very tight and wide of the line, giving Bobby about 20 feet. Curve misses outside for 2 0. Mercer unloaded on Bell in that first inning, and then Gary went to off-speed pitching, throwing junk the second time he was up there, and got him on slow-breaking stuff as Bobby struck out. Here's the 2-0 pitch by Bell. Third ball hit hard to the first baseman, Mincher. The race is on, and Don's going to win it, and the side is retired, and Gary Bell gets out of that inning on only five pitches. As easy as you can make it. Three up and three down, and the score after four and a half. It's the Pirates three and the Yankees two. Spring is the traditional time of the year to get out and go. Time to get out and visit favorite spots, see old friends, discover new places. When you get out and go, be sure to give your car the gasoline that will keep it on the go. Atlantic Imperial. Imperial makes any trip more fun because Imperial takes care of your car while you just concentrate on enjoying yourself. The next trip you take, take Atlantic Imperial along just for the ride. Even if you're just inching along in heavy traffic, Atlantic Imperial is blended to pay off at any speed. Fast or slow, from zero to 60, you could say. Imperial is just your speed. Atlantic Imperial, a product of Atlantic Richfield Company.
You know, you can have a lot more fun out of the games you see at Yankee Stadium if you keep score. And the Yankees provide a scorecard for you at the stadium. It's just 25 cents. And on doubleheader days, you get a free insert sheet, so you have scorecards for both games. So next Sunday, when you come out for the Yankees-Angels doubleheader, you'll find a free insert sheet in your 25-cent scorecard, so you can keep score right along with everybody else. Makes the game a lot more interesting, Jerry. Okay, Frank Messer, here's Mike Egan moving in there. He has yet to get a hit in this series. Maybe because his dad, Jim, sitting in the Yankee bullpen may be keeping his eye on him. He might be pressing somewhat. Swings at Stottlemyre's first pitch and misses for a strike. Egan was batting 324 last night and went 0 for 4. His record now is 308. He's 0 for 2 in this game, so he is sliding toward the 300 mark. If he doesn't get anything tonight, he'll go under it. Egan fouls this one off on the left side. No balls, two strikes. The ball kicked off the railing just to our left, almost went back on the top of Egan's head. He was looking up at it, fortunately. Otherwise, he could have been conked. No balls and two strikes. Pilots leading the Yankees in the bottom of the fifth, three to two. Both teams with five hits. The Yankees have made one error. The error did not uh, really have anything to do with the scoring just advanced a runner an extra base. There's a drive to left field. Coming on is Roy White. He's waiting for it and has it. He can hit the ball well, but White standing right there. Mike Egan now 0 for 3. And here's Tommy Davis, who's 0 for 2. And what a job Davis did last night. Davis, with the bases loaded, drilled a double to score three men. And then with another double, Drove in another run. He had four big ones last night. Tommy Davis from the right side. Waits as Stottlemyre delivers. This one fouled back, and we pause for station identification. This is Jerry Ducey, down Nightline, any weeknight, and I'll be listening on WGY Schenectady. Mel Stottlemyre ready again now. No balls and a strike on Davis. Here it comes. He tries to bunt, fouls it back on the screen for strike two. Jerry Kenny playing back and Davis spotting him, trying to lay one down there. Don't you think these major league ball players don't know a thing or two? They know who the guys are who don't uh, have a great deal of experience and a position. They've bundled a lot on Bobby Mercer this spring and with Kenny in there and he's playing deep. Davis trying to lay one down there. They know. They talk about it. Spread the information. Here's a two-strike delivery in the dirt. A ball and two strikes. And it works the same for the Yankees against the opposition. Catcher with an arm that doesn't feel so good or hasn't been throwing too well. A Yankee roadrunner is off and running. Or a pitcher that doesn't hold a man on, they take off. Here's the one-two pitch to Tommy Davis. He misses outside to Stottlemyre, and it's two balls and two strikes. One down and nobody on. Fifth inning. Three to two. Pilots leading the Yankees. Stottlemyre ready. The 2-2 pitch to Davis. Fouled back and the count holds two balls and two strikes. Tommy Davis signed with the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers so he could play in Brooklyn. And here he joined them. They went to Los Angeles. He fought his way back to the East. Finally going with the Mets. 
Then the White Sox are now out here with the pilots. It's <laughs> really made the cycle. Here's the 2-2 delivery. It's low. Three balls and two strikes. A full count. One out. Davis had that severe ankle break. And as Frank Lesser said, he has never been the same. The payoff pitch to Tommy hit on the ground of the shortstop trash. He's got it. The underhand flip is in time, and Davis is out of there. Ran into a man tonight that most of you may never have heard about. He played for the Boston Braves in 1948, the year the Braves won the pennant. His name is Jeff Heath. Three days before the Braves were about to wrap it up and go into the World Series, he broke his ankle and missed his great chance in life to play in a World Series. That was the only opportunity he ever had. And did he break it? Oh, boy. Right now, Don Mincher is up there with two scratch singles. Swings and fouls the first pitch back, strike one. That uh, Boston Braves ball club in those days had Sane, Spawn as the pitchers, Vern Bickford, the other guy, the right-hander, Alvin Dark, Eddie Stanky. Quite a ball club. They lost in the series to the Cleveland Indians. Here's the one-strike pitch. Now to Mincher, a check swing foul on the left side. Strike two. I bring that up because Jeff Heath literally had his major league career ended. It looked as though the uh, leg almost was separated from the bone. It was one of the most vicious-looking pictures you've ever seen. Some of you may remember it many, many years ago. No balls, two strikes, two outs. Mincher waiting. Stottlemyre throws one in the dirt. Scooped up by Gibbs. A ball and two strikes. Pilots are leading 3-2. to two. Mercer's two-run homer in the first put the Yankees ahead, but McNurtney's three-run shot in the fourth put the pilots out in front. Now the 1-2 delivery to Mincher. Backs him away, 2-2. Two two. Don Mincher was a big man for the Minnesota Twins. Went to the California Angels. Drafted from the Angels by the pilots. He made some good selections. Here's a 2-2 two -two pitch to Mincher. Hit hard to Pepitone, who's standing right there to retire the side. The best ball Mincher has hit tonight, and the only time he didn't get a hit. Three up and three down, and the score after five. Pilots three, Yankees two. The next time you stop at your participating Atlantic station, be sure to take a good look at the beautiful fine china your dealer is offering at a very low price. So low, you wouldn't believe it was possible to purchase fine china at such a price. But you can... And this fine china called Royal Elegance compares with china that costs many times the price. It's a value at all participating Atlantic stations. With each purchase of eight gallons of gasoline, you can buy a four-piece place setting of Royal Elegance at an unbelievable low price. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china will never vary in its translucent, delicate beauty. Each place setting consists of a cup and saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate. Charge your place settings on your Atlantic Richfield credit card if you like. Stop in today and take a look at Royal Elegance, then take some home. Royal Elegance is worth a trip to your Atlantic station, believe me. Well, Frank Messer, the ground crew with the little cart out there, 
manicuring the infield, getting things organized as we go into the sixth inning. It'll be a while. They've got four men working, one with a sort of a rake at each base, and then one fellow with a great big um, sort of a piece of tarpaulin that he drags around behind this little cart. And he's got about two more sweeps to make before we're ready. They do this at Yankee Stadium, but they do it a little more rapidly, and it's only been in recent years that they've done it. Here's a little note I read in the paper, and I didn't know this. Does anybody out there know which team was the first team to put numbers on their backs and what year? Well, in the paper today, it told us the whole story. The New York Yankees were the first ones, and it happened in 1929, and that's something I didn't know. Shows you if you read the papers what you find out. That's right. You never know what you might find out. And who was it? Will Rogers said, uh, only know what I read in the papers, and I don't believe all of that. Well, in those days, uh, Frank, uh, the numbers given the players were given to them in the manner in which they hit in the batting order. And Ruth was number three, and Gehrig was number four. So the Yankees trailing by a run as we go into the top of the sixth inning. It's a three-to-two ball game. Roy White, the number four man, moving in. He'll be followed by Pepitone and Hall. Somebody left a gate in the center field fence open, and the center fielder, Wayne Comer, has to go out there and close it. Now Comer makes the trot back in. One of the ground crew <laughs> opened the door and forgot to close it. Chances are a ball going in there is very slight, but it could happen. All right, Gary Bell getting the sign from his catcher, McNertney. The first pitch to White on the way. Hit the center field. Comer right there, laying forward, one away. The ball was well hit, and Comer didn't have to move a step. One down. White now is 0 for 2. He walked and bounced the first in his other at-bats. Here's Pepitone, who fouled to the catcher, line to left. Joe Pepitone has not been hitting. is one for 27 on this road trip. Here's the guy the Yankees have got to have with that bat to move along. There's a high pop on the left side coming forth the third baseman Rollins, the catcher McNerty. Nobody can get to it. In case you weren't with us last night, the left field corner of Sixth Stadium here in Seattle is totally out of our view and also a part of the stadium just under us. We have to stand up and lean over to see whether or not the catcher or the third baseman gets to those pop-ups. Down the left field line, we just have to watch the pitcher to find out if the ball's been caught. We actually cannot see the left field corner. The one-strike pitch to Pepe. Two hopper to the first baseman, Mincher. The underhand flip to Bell is in time. Two up and two down. Gary Bell has retired the last six men he's faced. At the last man, Sotomayor in the fourth inning. Three up and three down in the fifth, and the first two here in the sixth. Here's Jimmy Hall, always a dangerous batter. Fly to left, single to center. Hall came into the ball game hitting an even 250. As the Yankees doing much better. He came to the Yankees from the Indians 0 for 10. Jimmy takes a strike. Paul set a record 
for most home runs by a left-hand batter as a rookie with 33 when he was with the Twins. He beat Ted Williams' record. Ted had 31. The one-strike pitch to Jimmy Hall. Outside, one and one. It's a good thing he had the 33 because Tony Oliva, as a rookie of the next season, a left-hand batter, hit 32. Red Sox came up with two in the eighth to move out in front of Oakland, four to three. The Red Sox showing surprising strength. Yes, Strzemski hit one, his eighth. There's a high drive, right field, near the barrier. Mike Hegan at the wall makes the play. Jimmy Hall in a bid for a home run fell short by about eight feet. Three up and three down for the Yanks, and the score after five and a half. Pilots three, Yankees two. That day and Father's Day. Boy, what a gorgeous gladiolus display in your own garden. Plan ahead and plant your gladiolus bulbs this spring at low money-saving prices from the Michigan Bulb Company. Order now in a rainbow mix assortment of 60 gladiolus bulbs imported from Holland only $1.69. These healthy, medium-planting stock bulbs come in a variety of blazing colors, guaranteed blooming this summer and many years thereafter, all replacement-free up to five years. Mail your order now. Send no money, just your name and address to GLADS, WGY, Schenectady, New York. Your 60 gladiolus bulbs will be shipped for planting this spring. On arrival, pay postman $1.69 plus COD. You must be satisfied or return within 10 days for purchase price refund. Act now. Receive three imported Dutch peacock orchid bulbs free. Write to GLADS, WGY, Schenectady, New York. Scoreboard totals here at six stadiums show the Yankees two runs, five hits, and the Pilots three runs on five hits. All the scoring has come on homers. Bobby Mercer homered for the Yankees in the first inning after a single by Jerry Kenny. And then in the fourth inning, Jerry McNertney, the Pilots catcher, homered with two men on for the three to two lead. And we go to the bottom half of the sixth with Jerry Coleman. Here's Wayne Comer coming on, who's 0 for 2, facing Stottlemyre. Yanks trailing by a run. Homer takes low for ball one. Tomorrow night in this breakaway ball game between the Yanks and the Pilots, it'll be the rookie for the Yankees, Bill Burback, going against Mike Marshall. The 1-0 pitch to Comer. Outside. Two balls, no strikes. Stottlemyre. We'll have Comer. Rollins and McNerty to pitch to here in the sixth inning. McNerty was the guy who caused the damage for Mel, a three-run shot in the fourth. Salomar getting the side from Gibbs. A lean Yankee right-hander into the windup. Here's the 2-0 pitch. It's in there for a strike, two and one. The Yankees have lost five straight and 12 of the last 13, but there's a bright side to their record, which right now is 12 and 20. If they split in the next two ball games, Stalemeyer to Comer, it's low, three and one. They'll have a record of 13 and 21 in 34 ball games, and that will match exactly their record at the same time last year. The Yankees came on very strong in the second half. Manager Ralph Hauk is looking for this club to pick up again this season. Comer takes a strike. 
Three and two, a full count. The Yankees return to the stadium Friday night against the California Angels for that weekend set. Saturday afternoon, Ladies' Day, and a doubleheader on Sunday. Stottlemyre, the payoff pitch to Comer. Here it comes, and Wayne swings and misses strike three. Third strikeout for Stottlemyre. He got Harper twice, and now Comer here in the sixth to lead off the inning. One away, here's Rich Rollins. Rollins fly to left, single to right. Rollins taking a look at the third base coach, Frank Cressetti. Pilots three, Yankees two. Last half of the sixth. Both teams with five base hits. Stottlemyre, the side from Gibbs. Ready, delivers. Ground ball foul on the left side. Strike one. This Rich Rollins, a few years back when he was in his heyday and had his peak with the Twins, every time he came to the Yankee Stadium, managed to hit a home run or two. Well, he really just broke our backs there. Then suddenly, Rollins ran into some tough days and lost his job as a starter. Armin Killebrew came on and took it away from him for a while. Rollins, as I recall, Jerry came up with a bad knee a few years ago, and I think that paralleled his slump. He was on the American League All-Star team. In 1962. There's a ground ball. Tresh to his left. Near the bag. The underhand flip is in time to Pepitone. Two down. Nice play by Tommy moving towards second base. So it's two up and two down. And now here's McNertney who's two for two. A scratch single to Horace Clark in the second. A three-run homer in the fourth. And that was McNertney's first home run of the year, as we mentioned before. And RBIs 11, 12, and 13. Jerry McNertney, former White Sox catcher. Waiting as Stottlemyre fires low for a ball. Roy White, the left fielder, is almost at the warning track. Stottlemyre to McNertney. Curve misses outside. 2-0. and Well, being careful with this guy. He pumped one over the 345 sign. Not too much over it, but enough. Roy Gray was right there, as he mentioned, trying to climb the wall and couldn't get any farther. Stottlemyre, the 2-0 pitch on the way. McNertney hits it on the ground in the hole. Tresh has it. The throw is in plenty of time, and the side is retired. So it's three up and three down. The score after six full innings of play... Pilots three and the Yankees two. And now let's take a quick look. First of all, allow me to express my thanks and my gratitude for the careful and conscientious work that I have found in your news service and in all of your broadcasts. I've listened for a long time and regularly to your program. What good luck it is that you exist. Otherwise, we'd have to live completely misguided, hearing only hackneyed clichés about the world. For my part... Your best program is the news, but I also like very much your science, cultural, and farm programs. I can assure you that a major part of Hungarian youth enjoys listening to teenager parties. Of course, we listen to the news before and after. 
This letter is one of hundreds Radio Free Europe receives from young people who look to RFE for uncensored news. To listeners in East Europe, Radio Free Europe is the in-sound from outside. For facts about RFE in East Europe, write Radio Free Europe, Box 1969, Mount Vernon, New York. Pilots three, the Yankees two, as we go into the seventh, and now to carry you along and down to the wire, here's Frank Messer. All right, Jerry Coleman, thank you very much. And in the seventh inning, the bottom third of the batting order for the Yankees, Tom Trush, Jake Gibbs, and the pitcher, Mel Stuttlemeyer. Trush tonight has gone one for two. He tried to bunt himself on in the second inning. He was thrown out by Bell, the pitcher. Then he beat out an infield hit to second baseman Harper in the fourth. Mincher plays him down the line and deep at first base. Shortstop, Ray Otter, swung well around toward the bag. Harper midway between first and second. Breaking pitch misses, ball one. Outfield bunches toward the middle. They give up both foul lines to Trash, figuring if he hits the outfield, it'll be pretty much straight away. Gary Bell has retired seven in a row since walking Gibbs in the fourth. Right-hander winds and deals. Fresh takes high and outside. Two balls and no strikes. Bell looks down at Jerry McNurtney for the sign. Rocks back on the left foot. The kick and the pitch. Fouled away to the seats on the first base side. to hear the attendance tonight because the biggest crowd here at Seattle so far this year has been 15,014 on opening day when the Seattle Pilots played the Chicago White Sox. Bell to the windup, 2-1 pitch to Tresh. Tommy swings and misses, swung himself right out from under his helmet and cap. Pilots leading 3-2. Mercer, a two-run homer for the Yankees in the first, and McNurtney, a three-run homer for the Pilots in the fourth. Fresh steps back from the plate, squeezes the upper part of the bat handle where he has a supply of rosin. Now moves back in. Bell lines and deals 2-2. Two and two. Fresh takes high, full count 3-2. and two. Bell and McNurtney both thought that should be a strike. Some of the grandstand umpires, you can hear them. So we'll have a payoff pitch to Trish. Bell in motion, and it's on the way. Trish sends it out to right field in the air, moving toward the corner is Hegan. In foul territory, he makes the catch just in front of the rolled-up Coughlin down in the far right field foul corner. But Trash is retired on a foul fly to Hegan. Jake Gibbs steps in. Jake has walked twice tonight. Gary Bell has given up three walks, the two to Gibbs and one to Roy White in the first inning. leading three to two top of inning number seven one out nobody on for the Yankees Bell to Jake Gibbs 
Swung on, drive on the right field, deep. Hegan back to the fence, has room, makes the catch right at the wall. Gives it as well, but Hegan back to the fence. Made the catch, two down. And it brings up Mel Stuttlemeyer. Mel has flied the left and grounded into an inning-ending force play. Rich Rollins protects the line deep behind the bag at third, just a couple of steps off the foul line. Bell winds and his pitch to Stottlemyre, taking low ball one. Two balls and no strikes. Gary Bell wandering around off the skin part of the mound, rubbing up a new baseball. And the 2 nothing pitch. Strike call to Stottlemyre. Two balls, one strike. Two outs and nobody on. Two outs, nobody on. The pitch, strike two call. Letter and I got the outside part of the plate. Stottlemyre took a stride that time, but no swing. Bell is now retired nine in a row. Ready to work to Stottlemyre. Struck him out. Swing. Dropped by McNurtney. Tags Stottlemyre at the plate. Three up, three down. Nothing across. And at the end of six and a half, the score remains. The Pilots three and the Yankees two. Students. Students. That's better. Our cigarette topic today is how to cough. Now, of course, all cigarette smokers cough, but some do it so timidly. <laughs> they seem to be apologizing for destroying their lungs. Well, look at it this way. If you don't have a right to destroy your lungs, who does, hmm? Smoke cigarettes and cough proudly. <coughs> just broke the strap on my wristwatch. A friend of mine once coughed his contact lenses through a quarter-inch plate glass window. <laughs> now, that's overdoing it. Actually, a less powerful cigarette cough can wreck your lungs pretty good. Like this. <coughs> Say, that, that sounds bad. I've got a pain in my chest here, too. <coughs> Maybe I'd better see a doctor myself. <coughs> For more on cigarette coughing, call your American Cancer Society. Well, we've gone through six and a half. The Yankees are trailing. The Seattle Pilots, three to two. And this big crowd here at Six Stadium, they have a rather a pleasant uh, thing that they go through in the seventh inning stretch for the home fans. They get up and sing, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And it comes through loud and clear. Maybe something about a tried Yankee Stadium every now and then. And get the kids started and teach them the word. Ray Arner leads off the bottom half of the seventh.
Warner is over two, grounded out to Kenny at third, and popped to the shortstop, Tom Thresh. Kenny has played flawlessly at third base so far. The pitch. Warner checks his swing, takes a strike. Kenny has handled, let's see, one, two, three chances at third base. One strike pitch. Check swing, load outside. One ball, one strike. Kenny playing even with the bag against Oiler. The pitch from Stottlemyre swung on and missed. Strike two. One ball, two strikes. Pilots leading three to two, bottom half of inning number seven. Frank, the A's have edged ahead of the Boston Red Sox with two runs in the bottom of the eighth. It's now a five to four ball game. A real battle going on down there. Wonder how that infield's holding up. <laughs> One two pitch. Check swing. It's low. Two balls, two strikes. For those of you that may not have heard any of our broadcasts from Oakland, I think we mention it every night. The grass part of that infield down there in the Oakland Coliseum was very, very hard. And the dirt part of the infield was quite soft, except for the running track. Hank Bauer had uh, rolled, had the grounds crew rolled down hard at the edge of the infield grass to give, well, Campanaris primarily running space. 2-2 pitch. In the dirt. Full count, 3-2. Nobody on, nobody out. Stottlemyre has retired the last seven batters he's faced since walking Bell in the fourth. The wind-up, 3-2 pitch to Oiler. Ball four. So Oiler is on to lead off the seven. The third walk given up by Stottlemyre. Mal has also struck out three. Capitone will hold against the base runner and... Uh, well, the Yankees sort of look for a bunt right now for Mr. Gary Bell. He's walked twice. Gibbs requests time, goes to the mound. He and Stottlemyre meet just in front of the mound. And now Pepitone's going to come across, get in on the conversation, get the strategy set here on how they'll play the expected bunt from Bell. in center field, Jimmy Hall has come in very shallow. Mercer shallow and right. White the deep man in left field. Fresh and Clark in about halfway. Here's the pitch. Bell bunts it on the ground towards Stottlemyre. Mel picks it up, drops it, throws to first in time. Stottlemyre wanted to start the double play. He wanted to throw to second base on that one and couldn't find the handle. He was just a little too eager to throw that ball back to second and dropped it. Bell will be credited with a sacrifice. He is out. Stottlemyre to Pepitone, and here is Tommy Hopper. Hopper struck out twice and sent a one-hopper back to Stottlemyre. Water at second. Here's the man the Seattle fans want to see get on base. Tommy Harper, who has 18 stolen bases. He's a right-hand hitter. The first pitch to him, low outside, ball one. 
Kenny about a step behind the bag and fairly wide of the line at third. Fresh shaded over toward the bag at second, and so is Clark. Up a tone wide and deep at first base. The outfield bunches toward center. On a pretty fair lead at second, Stottlemyre gives him a look. Deals the plate. Low outside again and gives on his knees for it. Two balls and no strikes to Tommy Harper. And with that pitch, a wave goes out to the bullpen from pitching coach Jim Turner. And the jackets come off. Lindy McDaniel will begin warming up. Two balls, no strikes to Harper. Pilots leading three to two. Two-nothing pitch. Outside, ball three. given a hurry-up call. He's uh, throwing hard to start with out there. <laughs> Three-go pitch. Strike called. Trash and Clark up the middle. Mel takes his time. Maybe Gibbs slowing him down a bit. 3-1 pitch now. It's low, gets through Gibbs, and Waller does not try to go to third. It's ball four, and Harper is on. Waller, I don't think, realized that ball got as far past Gibbs as it did. He could have uh, gone down to third base. Right now, on New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. Join me, Harry Downey, weekdays 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 3 to 6 p.m. here on WGY 810 on your dial, Schenectady. There are runners at first and second. Gibbs again goes to the mound. Sometimes a catcher will realize that a pitcher has lost his stuff, not to say that that is what has happened now, but sometimes, of course, the catcher would be the first one to realize it. And... Uh, with a man working in a bullpen, catcher sometimes will uh, play for a little extra time. Right now, men at first and second for the pilots, one out. Stottlemyre would love to see a double play as Hegan steps in. Pilots lead three to two. Kenny at the edge of the grass down at third against the left-hand batter. Clark and Fresh both squeezed in towards second. Outfield deep and right. The set by Stottlemyre and the pitch to Mike Egan. Low ball one. Egan is grounded out to Pepitone, to Clark, and fly to left. Mel comes set below the letters. And the pitch. Strike is called. Knee high at the inside part of the plate on Mike Egan. We'll pull him 
paper today from Mike Egan. Somebody asked him what he was doing when the fight broke out last night. Well, I was looking for Dad. One pitch from Stottlemyre to Higgin. Sliced foul off the end of the bat to the left side. Vic Ziegel came up with a great quote for that, sort of to cap it off. Uh, he said, well, if uh, Jim Higgin gets a hold of Mike Higgin, he'll probably spank him. <laughs> Water at second, Hopper at first. two-strike count on Mike Egan. Working very deliberately now. Sets and throws, and there's a line drive out in the left center field, maybe a tweener. White cuts it off in the alley, racing home Oiler around third and stopping now as Harper as Egan stops at first base, and the pilots lead for the field. That brings Ralph out, out of the dugout. Egan racing one up the alley in left center. Only Roy White's tremendous speed cut that ball off in the alley and kept uh, a second run from scoring and kept Egan from going at least to second and possibly to third. That ball was well hit. Out at the mound with Stottlemyre. Egan's 15th run batted in of the season. His first hit tonight. And Hauk has signaled the bullpen he wants Lindy McDaniel. So uh, Mel Stottlemyre will leave here in the seventh inning. He's pitched six and one-third. Allowed to this point of the ball game four runs on six base hits. Walked four and struck out three. The runners are his responsibility, and they're at the corners. Harper at third and Hegan at first. So as McDaniel comes in and starts to loosen up on the mound, Jerry Coleman has some other action for us. All right, Frank, a look at the scoreboard in the American League. First, Oakland leading Boston 5-4 with the Red Sox batting in the top of the ninth. Yastrzemski homered in that one for the Red Sox. Jackson did one for the Oakland A's. And Mel Stottlemyre getting a near-standing ovation here as he leaves the field, somewhat upset and disgusted over the fact that he couldn't finish the job he set out to do. Fans rising and giving him a standing ovation. Detroit leads the White Sox 3-1. They're playing the ninth. And Northrop had a home run for Detroit. California won, and the Senators won playing the ninth. Morton hit run in the seventh for California. Epstein hit one in the first for the Senators. Cleveland beat Kansas City 8-6. A home run by Hernandez in that one for Kansas City. And Horton, Tony that is, had two for the Indians. Minnesota 4, the Orioles 2. Rod Carew, last we saw, who was leading the American League in hitting, got a home run in the eighth inning to cap that one off for the Minnesota Twins. A 4-2 score by the Twins over the Orioles. The American corners, Harper at third and Hegan at first. Dawes McDaniel comes in and starts to loosen up on the mound. Jerry Coleman has some other action for us. All right, Frank, a look at the scoreboard in the American League first. Oakland leading Boston 5-4 with the Red Sox batting in the top of the ninth. Yastrzemski homered in that one for the Red Sox. Jackson did one for the Oakland A's. And Mel Stottlemyre 
getting a near standing ovation here as he leaves the field, somewhat upset and disgusted over the fact that he couldn't finish the job he set out to do. Fans rising and giving him a standing ovation. Detroit leads the White Sox 3-1. They're playing the ninth. Northrop had a home run for Detroit. California won, and the Senators won playing the ninth. Morton hit run on the seventh for California. Epstein hit one on the first for the Senators. Cleveland beat Kansas City 8-6. A home run by Hernandez in that one for Kansas City. And Horton, Tony that is, had two for the Indians. Minnesota 4, the Orioles 2. Rod Carew, last we saw, who was leading the American League in hitting, got a home run in the eighth inning to cap that one off for the Minnesota Twins. A 4-2 score by the Twins over the Orioles. Caps off the American League. In the National League, the Braves beat the Mets 4-3. Home runs by Aaron, 515 lifetime. Cepeda and Tillman for the Braves. A.G. had one for the Mets. Houston beat Montreal 10-3. L.A. at St. Louis postponed because of rain. Cincinnati beat Philadelphia 6-4. Perez in May for Cincinnati. Callison for the Phillies homered. San Francisco 11, the Pirates 8. Henderson hit one in that one for San Francisco. Herbner and Oliver for Pittsburgh. And the Cubs beat the San Diego Padres 19-0. Banks had a pair. Oliver and Young hit them for the Cubs. Right here, it's the Pilots 4 and the Yankees 2 with the action still going on in the field. We're in the bottom of the seventh inning, and now let's go back to Frank Messer. All right, Jerry, and here's Lindy McDaniel with a record of 2-2 two and two coming on the pitch to Tommy Davis. The Pilots have runners at first and third, one out. Pepitone will hold against Keegan at first base. Harper is at third on the first pitch from McDaniel. Strike call, fastball for from Davis. Tommy Davis tonight is over three. It took a running catch by Hall to retire him in the first inning. Lindy McDaniel is in his 11th game in relief. The most games of any Yankee pitcher. Tall right-hander. Kicks and draws. And he is low to Tommy Davis. One ball, one strike. Daniel owns the only save for the Yankee bullpen core. He has an earned run average of 4.76. In 17 innings, he's allowed 22 hits, walked four, struck out nine. One ball, one strike, one out. And then at first and third, the pitch. Check swing, and it's low. Two balls and a strike. the attendance figure 19,072 the largest crowd ever to watch a baseball game in the state of Washington the old record here at Seattle was 15,014 opening day this year against Chicago quite a tribute to Mel Stottlemyre the Yankees and the Seattle ball club with four wins in a row here's the pitch to Davis bouncing ball over the head of the pitcher McDaniel Thresh tags. Hegan for the only out. The run score. Tommy Davis reaches on a fielder's choice as Harper scores from third and the Pilots now lead 5-2. to two. Credit Tommy Davis with a run batted in.
Rajah Mincher, the first baseman. Mincher's two for three tonight, scored one run. Both his hits have been infield hits. Hit the ball suddenly in the fifth, and a line drive was caught by Pepitone. That'd be right now holding against Davis. There's a pitch low ball. Frank, a quick one just in. The Oakland A's have defeated the Boston Red Sox 5-4, to four, so they maintain the pace with the Minnesota Twins. All right, Jerry, that's quite a ball game. Right here, it's 5-2, to two, Seattle leading. Davis leads away from first. Mincher hits a high fly ball out into left field. Room for White. Few steps to his right, inner step. Glove up, makes the catch, and the side is retired. But the Pilots come up with two runs on only one base hit. There were no Yankee errors and a man left. Ooh, those walks. At the end of seven, it's Seattle five and the Yankees two. You know, it's vacation time for lots of people right about now. And to all of you who are going on camping trips or fishing trips, I'd like to suggest you make a little room in your gear for Peel's Real Draft Beer in aluminum cans. You know, they're just great for travel. Aluminum cans are lightweight and compact, and they won't rust. You know, you can just dangle them off the side of a boat in a river or a lake and keep your peels real draft, real cool, just the way you like it. You don't get any of that tinny taste with aluminum either. And that's what counts, after all, taste. And it's taste that made 1,314,630 beer drinkers switch to peels real draft in just one year. It's the biggest success in beer history. Peels put real draft beer in bottles and cans, and that, say the folks at Peels, is what makes the difference. Try Peels yourself. You'll enjoy it, too. And you'll enjoy your vacation just a little bit more when you take along some aluminum cans of Peels, the real draft beer. <clears throat> the top of the batting order for the Yankees as we go to the eighth, Clark, Kenny, and Mercer. Clark is one for three. Kenny is one for three, and Mercer is one for three. Bobby Homer in the first inning. Clark trying to get something started against Gary Bell. The right-hander winds and deals. Clark looks at a ball one up high. Bell has retired the last ten Yankees. Last base runner was Gibbs, who walked in the fourth. Ding-dong deals, and Clark bounces one to the second baseman, Harper. Over the first one down. Jerry Kenny steps in. The Yankees had the first, same first inning scoring combination tonight as they had last night. With one out, Kenny drilled a base set and Mercer homered. Kenny tonight at third base for the first time in his major league career. Single in the first inning, stole second, and into a double play in the third, and was thrown out on a butt in the fifth. Hits this one up in the air to left field. Coming in a few steps as Tommy Davis makes the catch, and there are two down. Kenny lofting to Davis and left. Two away, and Bobby Mercer. Still hearing from the Bluebirds. Imagine the youngster can expect that every time he comes into this ballpark from now on. Bell's pitch to him. He takes it, letter high, strike one. Chris Peterson getting a little work in down in the Yankee bullpen. 
One strike pitch outside. Pete will start Friday night against the California Angels. He's just loosening up a little bit tonight. Two outs, nobody on. Bell with a 1-1 pitch coming down to Mercer. Here it is. Bobby takes it over, but high. Ball two, two and one. Mercer's home run in the first inning was his 10th of, of the year. Gave him 34 runs batted in. He takes this one a bit outside, and... It is ball three. Mercer thought it was ball four. Started down the first base and tossed the bat away. But it's ball three, a count of three and one. And that gives uh, fans a little more enjoyment at his expense. Three-one pitch to him. Foul back over the roof to our left. And that fills the count at three and two. Nineteen thousand seventy-two in this ballpark tonight. And that is close to capacity. Three-two pitch. Mercer fouls another one over the roof to our left. Bell gets a new baseball, steps back off the skin of the pitcher's mound to rub it up. The wind the pitch. Get on the ground a second. Harper up with it cleanly to Mincher, and the side is returned. Yankees, for the fourth inning in a row, are set three up, three down by Gary Bell, and at the end of seven and a half, it's Seattle five, the Yankees two. You know, Theo's Real Draft Beer really does give you the right from the keg flavor. And it does give you smoother, fresher taste. But there's one thing Theo's doesn't give you. The filled-up feeling you get with some of the other beers. You know, there's nothing so refreshing these warm days as a good cold beer. But if your beer fills you up while it's cooling you down, well, who needs it? The great thing about Theo's, it doesn't leave you with that filled-up feeling. And that's because Peels is real draft beer. Yes, Peels is putting real draft beer in bottles and cans. And that, the people at Peels believe, is what makes the difference. That's what convinces beer drinkers that Peels beer is better than their beer. It's smoother, fresher, and best of all, it's lighter. Peels won't leave you feeling filled up, so why not try Peels yourself? I know that you'll be convinced, too, that Peels real draft is better than your beer. Or should I say the beer that used to be your beer? Try Peel's Real Draft Beer. Bottom half of the eighth inning coming along for the Seattle Pilots. It will bring Wayne Comer, Rich Rollins, and Jerry McNurkney to the plate against Lindy McDaniel. Stottlemyre in six and a third innings gave up five runs, all earned on six hits, walked four, struck out three. Two of those four walks hit him in the seventh inning. They, they both scored, Euler and Harper. Frank, a quick note by Bob Fischel. The humidity at game time was 55%. It's now 78%. The feeling is at Six Stadium here in Seattle that if home runs are going to be hit, you have to do it fairly early because the air, with that heavy humidity, seems to slow the ball down a little. 
Well, it's too bad it wasn't a little more humid for the Yankees in the fourth inning. That's when McNerdney hit the three-run shot. McDaniels first pitch to Wayne Comer. High ball one. Comer, right-hand batter, reached on a fielder's choice in the second, flied out to left in the fourth, struck out in the sixth. One ball and no strikes. Lindy steps back on the left foot to kick the pitch. Strike call. Letter high got the outside part of the plate. A ball and a strike on Wayne Comer. Comer, taken from the Detroit organization by the Seattle Pilots. Gets this one. One half to trash it short in his tracks. All with a pepitone, and there's one out. Rich Rollins now steps in. He's had one hit in three trips, and he was on base in the fourth inning when McNerney unloaded deep over the left field fence. from the Twins organization. Takes a pitch downstairs, ball one. Pilots leading five to two. We're in the bottom half of the eighth. McDaniel deals, and a foul is peeled back to the screen. Yankees have one more shot at Gary Bell with Roy White, Joe Pepitone, and Jimmy Hall in the top of the ninth. outside corner. Jerry, it'd be interesting to know what kind of a scouting report Frank Rossetti might have given Joe Schultz on the Yankees. Well, if anybody knows him, Frank certainly does. Two-one pitch. Swung on in this strike two. Rossetti was very happy out here. He and his wife have uh, an apartment about five minutes from the ballpark. Nobody on two and two to Rollins. McDaniel rocks and fires. Rollins bounces a foul to the left side. Kicks off something out of our view and back onto the playing field. studying Gibbs. Now the pitch. Check swing, ball three. Full count on Rollins, three and two. A lot of uh, sailors here at the ballpark tonight as we glance around the stands from the naval base just a few miles from here. Three balls, two strikes. Rollins waiting. Here it comes. Get on the ground to Trash. Tommy gets a little charity hop. Bell high. Guns it over to Pepitone, and there are two away. 
And now the big man for the Seattle Pilots tonight, the catcher, Jerry McNerney. His three-run homer in the fourth inning. But the Pilots ahead three to two. Since then, they've scored two more and lead five to two. McNerney, a right-hand hitter, came from the White Sox. McDaniel wigwagging Gibbs. Gets another sign now. And the pitch. Strike call. Lindy McDaniel, who did such a fine job for the Yankees over the second half of last year after he came in the trade for Bill Monbouquet. Delivering on one. Swing and a miss by McNerney. Strike two. McDaniel is a preacher in the offseason. Also publishes a religious newspaper, which is widely read, especially among athletes. 0-2 pitch. Get on the ground again to Tresh. Tommy's got a chance for three this inning. And he sends it over in time. Side is retired. Three ground balls to Tresh at short. Nothing across for the Pilots, and at the end of eight, it's Seattle 5 and the Yankees 2. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Robert Rappaport of Rockville Center says, I think Neal's Real Draft Beer is one of the finest beers that I've ever had. It's terrific. Thank you very, very, very much. Steve Stillman of Staten Island says, I just wanted to say that Neal's Real Draft Beer is very, very good, and I want to thank you for putting it out. Thank you very, very, very much. Bill Grafton of Brooklyn says, Peel's Real Draft is about the best beer I've ever tasted. It's smoother, creamier, and has greater body. Thank you very much. Thank you very, 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 very much. Why have so many people been convinced that our beer is better than their beer? We think it's simple. Peel's has Real Draft beer in a can, and that's what makes the difference. Do us a favor. Try Peel's Real Draft. And when you're convinced, let us know. So we can say to you... Thank you very much. Well, we've got a late score just in. Detroit beat the White Sox 3-1. to The winner was Lolich. The loser, Locker in relief. And Northrop hit a home run in that ball game, number four, in the seventh inning with a man on. That was a big blow for Detroit. Bottom of the ninth, Washington and California 1-1 tied. All right, Jerry and White will try to break the bell spell here as he takes a ball one up high. Jerry has retired 15 Yankees since the fourth. Here's the pitch. Outside, ball two. Gibbs walked in the fourth. Since then, Bell is not a lot of base runner. up the pitch to White. Roy takes it for a strike. Frank, just a quick note. California and Washington tied up after nine. They're in the tenth inning right now. Two-one pitch to White. High ball three. 
Type score, incidentally, Washington won and California won. Both runs coming on homers. Morton for California, Epstein for the Senators. Hmm. 3-1 pitch to Roy White. He takes strike two over the outside part of the plate. Full count. Pilots leading 5-2. to two. Seattle bullpen up, left-hander John O'Donoghue and the right-hander Diego Segui throwing. 3-2 pitch to White, high ball four and Roy's on. So after 13 in a row, the Yankees get White on with a walk here leading out the ninth. That was the fourth walk given up by Bell. And it brings to the plate Joe Pepitone. He is off of three tonight. One hit in his last 28 at bats. He's got into an early season slump since he hurt that elbow. Pitch to him. Right. One is four. backed off playing halfway. Bell's pitch. Happy fouls it back for strike two. Out in right field, Egan is deep. Incidentally, Jim Gosker has gone to play center. Wayne Comer has moved to left with Davis out as a defensive measure here in the ninth. Pilots hit five to two. Pepitone waiting. Here's the pitch. Get right back through the box up the middle in the center field base hit. White's going to go for third. Gosker up with the ball, throws into second base, and the Yankees have runners at the corners. Pepitone gets a ninth inning single here to bring the tying run to the plate in the person of Jimmy Hall. Here's the Yankees' sixth hit of Gary Bell. And it's bringing Joe Schultz, the Seattle manager, out of the mound. Usually, when uh, they just want a conference at the mound, he sends Magley out. Schultz is looking to the bullpen. He wants relief. He wants O'Donoghue. He wants the left-hander O'Donoghue to pitch to Jimmy Hall, and we'll see if uh, Ralph Hawk will make a change now. Probably Fernandez, and Frank is coming in from the bullpen. Now that's Bobby Cox carrying a mitt. Not Fernandez. I knew when I saw him run, that couldn't be Fernandez. Just didn't run that way. Cox has more of a well, sort of a loaf, I guess. Fernandez runs straight up. Fernandez has gone to the bat rack, though, and he's going to come out. Bell gets quite ahead as he leaves. He's pitched eight strong innings, allowed only two runs on six hits, walked four, struck out two, and has a chance to be a winner. He cannot be a loser in this ballgame. So now John O'Donohue. The Pirates got O'Donohue from the Baltimore organization. He was actually on the Rochester club. It all involved a five-player deal. The Pilots uh, sent Mike Farrell to Rochester. 
and Jerry Schoen to Dallas-Fort Worth. The Orioles sent uh, a couple of right-hand pitchers, Tommy Fisher, whom they were very high on, incidentally, just uh, two or three years ago. Orioles sent Tommy Fisher and Lloyd Farrell to the Pilots' Vancouver club. The Pilots picked up the left-hander O'Donohue to bolster the bullpen, and as O'Donohue takes his warm-up throws, we're going to step out for just a moment. We pause for station identification. Nightline is your line to what's happening. This is Jerry Ducey. Join the conversations weeknights on WGY's Connected. Frank Fernandez will bat for Jimmy Hall with the left-hander O'Donoghue now on the mound for the Seattle Pilots. Fernandez hitting 229. He's hit two home runs, both in the same ball game early in the season, has five runs batted in in that early season game in Washington. Second day of the season, as I recall. Fernandez batting for Hall. Runners at first and third. Nobody out. Here's the pitch to him, and it's in there for a call. Strike one. Donahue, left-hander. Leans down, takes the sign. And delivers. Just a bit high. One ball, one strike. O'Donohue has been in uh, three games prior to this one. He has no record. He's pitched only two and two-thirds innings and is not allowed a run. He's given up two hits and struck out one batter. Fernandez with a one ball, one strike count. White at third, Pepitone at first. The set by O'Donohue. The left-hander kicks and deals. Fernandez sends a high fly ball out of the right field. Hegan's got a long run. He was cut well over towards center. Still running, still running. And he overruns the ball at the fair ball. Here comes White in the score. Pepitone stops at second. Fernandez has to race back to first base. He had almost gone to second and almost overran Pepitone. That was a tough play for everybody except for Roy White, who was tagging up all the way. And uh, Egan, for some reason or other, did not judge the win and is being charged with an error. The ball came back to him, and you said it just right, Frank. He ran by the ball, got his glove on it, but dropped it. Pepitone really didn't know what to do. He was midway between second and third, and then came back, and we almost had Fernandez going by Pepitone, and he'd have been called out had he done that. It will probably be scored as a sacrifice fly for Fernandez to give him a run batted in and not charge him with a time at bat. We'll see. Here is Tresh batting right-handed. Tommy swings and lines one foul just past Rollins. Foul ball. They changed it now to a base hit. They announced an error, now they change it to a base hit. Fernandez gets a run dotted in his sixth of the year. And it's now a five to three ball game. The Yankees have the tying runs on. Nobody out. Runners charge to Bell. O'Donoghue to the set. The pitch to Tresh. Fouled over the roof to the right side.
Jake Gibbs due to bat next. With Fernandez already in the ball game, we'll see whether Gibbs will bat or not. Capitola's at second, Fernandez at first. The set by O'Donohue. The 0-2 pitch to Trash. Fouled again down the third base side. Egan well over toward right center field again against the right-hand hitting Trish. He just overran that ball hit by Fernandez. He made a long run to get to it. And it hit his glove and drop out. Again, the 0-2 pitch to Trish. The set, the kick, here it comes. Foul back to the screen. Trish getting just a piece of it to stay alive. Funny thing, when you make a long run for a ball, as you get to the ball and start to slow your pace just a little bit, the ball starts to jump in the air. In other words, it doesn't come down smoothly and easily as it would normally. And that, I believe, is what happened to Mike Egan. But right now, Sal Magley is out there talking to John O'Donohue and his catcher, Jerry McNerty. Strange thing that that happens, but uh, every now and then you run into that play and that ball starts to just bounce back and forth on you as you're getting to it. I'm sure that Mike Keegan lost the ball on that particular situation. Jerry, we've got to start thinking now. Fritz Peterson continues to throw down on the Yankee bullpen, and nobody else has warmed up. You know, if you get down to uh, McDaniel, unless the Yankees are ahead by then. Well, we'll see. Here comes the pitch. Fresh hits it in the air to center field. Coming on for it is Gosker. He makes the catch. The runners go back. Well, there's one out as Tresh flies to Gosker and center. Pepitone goes back to second, Fernandez to first. Jake Gibbs goes back to the dugout. And we're going to have Billy Cowan to bat for Jake Gibbs to get the right-hand stick in there against the southpaw Donahue. Billy Cowan will bat for Gibbs. Cowan is hitting 214. He's been up 14 times with three hits. Joe Schultz on his way to the mound. He will very possibly bring Segui into this ballgame now. He looks to his bullpen. And that's who it's going to be. He wants his, uh, well, actually, Segui has become the ace of this bullpen. And he wants him in here right now. So it'll be right-hand pitching against right-hand hitting with Segui coming in to, bat, uh, to pitch to Billy Cowan, who is batting for Gibbs. <coughs> O'Donohue is credited with one-third of an inning, gave up one hit. shows a record of three wins, two losses, and an earned run average of 3.17. He's been in 12 games prior to this one. The Seattle Pilots rated the Oakland bullpen very heavily, taking both Segui and Aker. Bobby
Bobby Cox has come off to the on-deck circle. He will bat for McDaniel, barring a double play. And Diego Segui in his warm-up throws. Segui has uh, pitched uh, 34 innings. These relief pitchers on the Seattle ball club are going to log a lot of time this year. There are only uh, one, two, three men on the pitching staff who have pitched more than Diego Segui. They would be Patton Bell and Mike Marshall, three starters. Frank, uh, manager Ralph Houck is down to only one left-hand batter, and that would be Gene Michael, a switch hitter, so he has got to go with his right-hand hitters, and it's going to be Cowan and Cox to try to bring the Yankees back in the ballgame, and they're trailing by two now on the top of the ninth. 5-3. All right, as Cowan steps in, the Yankees with one out have Pepitone at second, Fernandez at first. Fernandez batting for Jimmy Hall, single to right field as... Mike Egan overran the ball and it dropped in. The runner's edge away. There's the set by Segui. Here's the pitch to Cowan. Billy swings and misses the line. Diego Segui in his 34 innings this year has walked 18. He has struck out 29. He sets at the belt, wheels and deals. Cowan bounces a foul down the third baseline, and Cowan fell down flat on his tummy. He sort of lunged at that one, took a cut, and down he went on his tummy, just sprawling at the plate. No balls, two strikes. This Segui is a kind of uh, pitcher who can throw just about every day. Diego Strong, doesn't mind the work. He'll come out. He said he pitched once six straight ball games. Didn't bother him a bit. He's ready with an 0-2 pitch to Billy Cowan. Here it comes. High and outside. One ball and two strikes. Pilots leading 5-3. to three. The Yankees have Pepitone at second. Fernandez at first. One out in the ninth. Rollins protecting the line at third. He's just a couple of steps off the foul line in deep. Infield at second and short, halfway. Outfield shades to the left side. McNerney flashes the sign. Segui sets at the belt. Here's the pitch. Cowan takes a strike. Recall, and Cowan is going to argue the play the Cowan is out on strikes. And we're two down. for Diego Segui. There are two away, and now Bobby Cox will bat for pitcher Lindy McDaniel. Cox has a batting average of 067. He's had one hit in 15 trips. Fernandez at first, two down. Segui ready to work. Here's the pitch to Cox. High, ball one. And he's trying to rally here in the ninth. Trailing by two. They have the tying runs on. Diego Segui looks into McNerney. Starts his move. 
Right-hander delivers. Cox swings and lines one to right field. Right there is Hegan. He has got it. And the ball to the Cox hit the ball well, but Hegan moving to his right and in a few paces. Put it away for the third out. And for the Yankees in the ninth, one run on two hits. There were no pilot errors and two men are left on base. And that's it for tonight. The final score, the Seattle Pilots five and the New York Yankees three. This copyrighted recording is licensed by Major League Baseball. Any reproduction or other commercial use of this recording, in whole or in part, is prohibited. New York, Rutland, Vermont, and Teaneck, New Jersey, we say... Thank you very, very, very much. To all the Peels fans in Strasburg, Pennsylvania, Horseheads, New York, Matawan, New Jersey, Homer, New York, and Burlington, Vermont, we say... Thank you very, very, very much. To our many admirers in New Haven, Connecticut, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, Framingham, Massachusetts, and Asbury Park, New Jersey, we say... Thank you very much. Thank you very, 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 very much. In hundreds of towns, thousands of people are finding that our beer is better than their beer. Why? We think it's simple. Peels has real draft beer in a can. And that's what makes the difference. To all of you who switch to Peels, whoever you are, wherever you are, we say... Thank you very much. Well, the largest crowd ever to see a baseball game in the state of Washington, for the most part, goes on happy. And to tell you why, well, Gary Coleman. All right, Frank Messer, Seattle, five runs, six hits, no errors. The Yankees, three runs, seven hits, and one error. The winning pitcher, Gary Bell, his record now is two and three. Mel Stottlemyre took the loss. His record now is five and three, and that's the third straight loss for Mel. The Yankees were off and running with Bobby Mercer, who duplicated what he did last night in the first inning, a two-run homer, and they held that lead until the fourth inning. Don Mincher opened up the fourth for Seattle with a scratch single. Rich Rollins, after one out, singled the right field, sending Mincher to third. And then Jerry McNurtney boomed one into the seats in left center to give the Pilots the lead at that time, 3-2. to two. Seattle bounced back in the seventh inning with two more runs on only one base hit, but two walks in that inning. And that was the end of Mel Stottlemyre as Lindy McDaniel came on and pitched to the five final Seattle batters, the final two in the seventh and the final three in the eighth. The Yankees posed a threat in the ninth with a walk to White, a single to Pepitone, and a single to Fernandez. But Tommy Tresh flied to center. Bill Cowan batting for Jake Gibbs struck out. And Bobby Cox batting for Lindy McDaniel flied to right to end the ball game. So the final score, Seattle 5 and the Yankees 3. And one other final score, the Senators in 10 innings broke a six-game losing streak by beating the California Angels 2-1. to well, once again, the final score here at Six Stadium in Seattle, Washington. Seattle 5 and the Yankees 3. And now this is Jerry Coleman speaking for Frank Messer and Phil Rizzuto saying goodbye from Six Stadium in Seattle, Washington. <laughs>